Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Good evening and welcome to another Disney Brit Radio show where we're continuing on our little journey through uh, the four Disney parks and our special park overview episodes. And joining me as always, it is Alan. Hello, Alan. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty good. I've got a question for you. What's that? What show number is it? It's show 158. 163, man. 163. Oh, man. How are we doing 163? 163, then. It's show 163, and we're looking at Epcot this week. And uh, do you know what? Because I'm kind. Alan, would you like to introduce our guest? God, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Right, okay. Well, um, as as we've sort of pulled on an expert in the different field every week, we've done a a different park. And we feel like it's it's always good to open up the, the arena to everybody else. So what we've done is we've contacted a guy called Mark Weaver. Yep. Mark, how are you doing? Good evening. How are you all? We're all good. Thank you very much. Everything is well on mind as well. I'm glad glad to be with you all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great to have you here. Um, now, the re- reason Mark sort of came across into the show was that we contacted um, Big Fat Panda, um, or John Panda, depends how you know him as, and I said, John, do you know anyone that's an expert on Epcot? And he said... Three full stops, Mark Weaver. There you go. I don't know if I go as far as say it, it, an expert. I'm kind of flattered that John thinks so highly of me. He's a wonderful friend. Well, yeah. or he set you up for something here. Yes, yeah, one or the other. <laughs> You've either done something really bad and he set you up, or he doesn't like us and he set us up. I don't know. It's one or the other. But we're talking. But, um, um, go on. I was going to say because um, one of the things he said that was that you previously used to have a, a website that was relating to Epcot. Correct. Uh, my wife and I had started a website after our first Disney trip five years ago called Illuminating Epcot. And uh, unfortunately, due to the joy of real life and work and a 10-year-old, sometimes you just got to readjust your priorities. So yes. we've uh, put the website on a hiatus for right now. But we also do a podcast uh, on the side as well. Excellent. And uh, what's the name of your podcast? It is called the Generation Mouse Podcast. It originally was started about four years ago for a young adult perspective on all things Disney. And now as we've all grown up a little bit, we're, we're kind of re, trying to think, reclassifying that podcast. We're okay. going through a, a transition. Oh, okay, so a little bit like Hollywood Studios. 
Very much. That, that is a wonderful <laughs> analogy. So currently, uh, Mark's actually sat surrounded by hoardings, um, and you can't actually see any of them or what's going on behind them. And John's just surrounded by boards at this moment in time as he transitions from one to the if other. If I could get them to send me the sorcerer's hat, I'd be happy because <laughs> I'm one of the few that liked it. I'm also one of the few people that liked the Mickey arm that used to be over Spaceship Earth. Okay. Right, so you're the Millennium Celebration. Okay, so you so see, well, good luck putting the hat back together. It seems to have taken forever to pull it apart, so I doubt they've been, I doubt there's IKEA instructions for it. Yeah, um, and one of the things that Mark did ask us before we started recording was, Do I have to be very smiley about every single attraction? Nope, and we said, No, if you don't like it, <laughs> just say that you don't like it. Just because... like we are, we love everything. I can't wait for Avatar <laughs> Land, it's gonna be the best thing ever. There's a couple things. There, there are a couple things I might start ranting on if I do. Just pull the reins a little bit. That's fine. We can do that. I'll be quiet. <laughs> so uh, the idea is we're going to go through Epcot as, as swiftly as possible. Now, bear in mind, our last episode when we were doing park overviews was for Hollywood Studios, which has got next to nothing in it, and it took us just over two hours. We're hoping that this one won't take us as long as we go through the whole of the park, but we hope to cover as much as we possibly can as we go through this. Um, so. Shall we start, Alan? Of course we should. Right, in that case, I think we need uh, some some appropriate music. I'm going to play this. Oh, it's all a bit mystical, isn't it? It sounds like you've got your tambourine out. I have. It's, it's all, it's all, there we go. Oh. It's all a bit lovely and airy-fairy. Anyway, celebrate the future. So we're... Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Epcot. Now, I think, Alan, this was your second favourite park. Was that right? No, 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 no. I'm trying to work out. I think it was third. <laughs> I changed this last week. I don't remember. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Epcot before we actually um, we start talking about the attractions. This was the second park opened by... Um, Disney World after the Magic Kingdom. It um, is based on the vision of uh, Walt Disney's vision of this experimental prototype community of tomorrow. So he wanted a place where it was kind of an expo, it was ever-changing, it was a place that people could learn. But originally he wanted this to be a city, he wanted this to be a place that people could live and work and learn and um, obviously Walt died before that vision could be realised. And the um, the Imagineers took this idea of this experimental prototype community tomorrow and they said, right, well, why don't we bring in a park that's all about learning and all about um, and, and edutainment, as the, as the thing goes? And they created this um, two parks in one, really. The, um, the World Showcase, which is all about nature and nurture and earth and technology. And then there's also World Showcase, which is around the show... Um, the massive World Showcase Lagoon, which takes you on a journey around the world to a series of different uh, countries. So um, we're going to kind of start that little journey um, over at the main entrance, I think. That sound good? Sounds that fantastic. Sounds so uh, main entrance, of course, uh, one of the things that uh, kind of stands out as you get towards that main entrance is that massive golf ball. Um, and it is huge, and I think we, we talked quite a bit about this, didn't we, on our episode where we were talking about park icons? Yeah, on the Disney Brit Bite Says yeah. episode, yeah. So, um, I was, I was, I'm going to pull you back. Oh, go ahead, pull me back a bit. What are we going for? I'm, I'm going to pull you back to um, to the entrance before the entrance. Right, okay, go on then. 
it's very industrial, I think. You, whereas the other parks, you, when you get off the buses and you get sort of dropped off to go onto the entrance, yeah. you sort of feel as though you're nearly at the magic. Here, I feel it's it's like you've been dropped off in an industrial estate. Well, it's very 80s, 80s concrete, straight lines sort of entrance, isn't it? It's that 80s yes. future that kind of uh, they created. I would, the, I would respectfully argue that I, I think one of the best parts about approaching Epcot is taking the monorail from the Ticket Transportation Center. Yeah, I agree. Because as you, I'm one of those, I count the monorail kind of as its own little attraction. Um, it's nice as you go in, it, 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 the monorail trails through Future World, so you kind of get a little bit of a preview as you're coming in. And I just, I just find it a, a, I guess it fits that whole futuristic theme of Future World, than rather than taking a bus or driving your car. I think it's really unique that the fact that this is a piece of um, transportation that actually enters the park and allows you to see the whole of Future World before you even get off of the monorail, and that's something that's... You know, yeah, unlike anything true. else we've got in any of the other Disney parks. I know Disneyland in California, the monorail, I think, does pass through part of the park. But, um, you know, it's the only park in Walt Disney World that has that idea that there's a big loop through the whole of um, of uh, Future World. And then you can obviously see parts of World Showcase from that, that particular... Yeah. Uh, have you have you done this? Have you done the monorail through Epcot, Adam? Yeah, yeah, loads of times. I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever done it. We've not... Not in recent years because we've been staying on Disney property and haven't necessarily parked up from Magic Kingdom to Epcot, but um, we I have done it many, many a time, yeah, definitely. Um, so, okay, sorry, I'll, I'll let you go back into your okay. talking so, about So, we're, we're, we're at Spaceship Earth then. Let's, let's no, 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 actually, first. before you start Spaceship what, Earth, where are we going? There's, no, there's another thing before you get there, go on, but it's not even on the park map. No, I apologise for this. Leave a legacy? Leave a legacy. Right, well, it's, well, it's kind of not there anymore because it, unless you've got one. It's not really, yeah. Any uh, necessarily of much interest to you. For those of you who don't know what Le- Le- Legacy is, it was stopped. I want to say around two thousand and nine, ish. If it even lasted that My, long, yeah. it started back in ninety nine. It did, and it was all part of the Millennium Celebration. We had ours done in two thousand and five. Um, Mine is there. I, it was I want to say two thousand. So I was sixteen, fifteen. Wow. That's, so we're talking, yeah, a good while ago since it finished. And, and what this was was you could go and have your uh, image kind of emblazoned on a a, a little plaque uh, when you were, uh, and it was this this little thing is like two centimeters by two centimeters, not very big, and very big um, stamp. you could then it, yeah, kind of poster stamp style, and you would get um, a copy of it, and it would tell you the exact location you could uh, go and find yourself in, and you would go back again and again and again, and you would find yourself each time, and we do exactly that. You know, we go, and um, the good thing is, if you can't remember where exactly it is that you um, were supposed to be uh, looking for, you can go into one of the um, shops, and I forget which one it is. And you can go and find out where exactly you are, and they'll they'll bring it up, and you can. I believe it. it is the cam. It's the camera shop, isn't it? Camera kiosk, yeah. and it's right under Spaceship Earth. That's right. It is the camera shop. Yeah, it's right for coming up and walking in. It is on your right. That's right. It is. Yeah, and you can go in there, and they they have a lot of um, magic band stuff in there at the moment. And uh, you can go in there and they'll find your photo, tell you exactly where it is. You can go and find yourself and locate yourself and have a good laugh at what you used to look like when you were like young. And you're not anymore. So that's your Leave Legacy. Did you have one, Alan? Um, the year that we went on our honeymoon, it was 2005. And I think we were given a 
we vouch you for a free one. That's right, that's how we got ours. And we saw it and we walked past the photo booth and we were like, nah, I'm not going to bother. And then next time I went back, I couldn't do it. And I was like really, really gutted that I could have had it for free. You could have and you could still be there now. Yeah. And you're not going to be because you didn't do it. And the thing was, it was 2005, so I could have been in the next stamp to you. You could have been. Yeah, you could, you could have been right next door. You know, we, we didn't know each other in 2005. We got past each other. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, there, was, there is one, actually, thing to mention uh, before we get to Spaceship Earth, but it does sort of involve Spaceship Earth. You will often find fast pass photographers in this particular area, uh, and they'll be able to take a great photo of you with uh, Epcot behind you. So uh, if you do see them, get them to take a photo of you. They can use their stuff to get a photo and all that sort of stuff. So um, it's definitely well worth doing. Uh, but let's head to Spaceship Earth then um, and talk a little bit about this. Um, it is the first attraction that you're going to meet as you head into Epcot. It is uh, one of the longer attractions, not the longest attraction, but one of the longer attractions you'll find inside um, Epcot. And the idea is it talks about and, and, and tells the story of the history of communication. It goes from the beginning all the way up to sort of computer age that sort of idea is this an attraction that both of you guys will ride every time you go to the park yes Alan um, I, I will say that it's, it's not a must do but it's it's one of the ones that I will do it was an attraction that we would always sort of head to maybe as we were on the way into the park it never used to have a, a bit of a queue but this has changed um, and the reason it's changed is due to FastPass Plus, which this attraction does have. Um, it now basically has a queue quite a lot of the day, and the queue can be sort of 25, 30 minutes with the attraction we never used to. Um, but it's something that we will do multiple times a trip. I think it's a great attraction. Even, Go on, sorry. Even if even if the queue line for uh, Spaceship Earth looks long, I would don't be intimidated by it. It is one of those rides that is constantly moving inside. Yeah, it's not like load up a, a, a roller coaster car and then wait for the next one to roll through. You do. And it is also, a couple of reasons it's my favorite. When I first wrote it, it was narrated by Jeremy Irons. Yes, it was. And now they have, uh, in the most recent update, I want to say, a few, it's been a few years. It was mid-2000s. Dame Judy, Judy Dench is now the narrator. Yeah. I vaguely just about remember Walter Cronkite in the original sort of version, but only kind of, I, I think I read it once, read it, wrote it once with Walter Cronkite before it became Jeremy Irons. Um, but yes, the, there was kind of complaints, wasn't there, with the Judy Dench version compared to the Jeremy Irons? I prefer Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just like my wife and I will, will frequently discuss our favorite parades in Magic Kingdom yeah. <laughs> with, with friends. And that seems to be, um, I don't, you might be familiar with the phrase from Doctor Who, you never forget your first doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you never forget your first narrator yeah. or parade. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Um, Julie does a good job, but yeah, it's not as good, I don't think, as Jeremy Irons. It's not as natural as Jeremy Irons was. But anyway. As we could debate this for a very, very long time. Um, so we kind of started in Future World East, haven't we? Um, and started with Spaceship Earth. So I suppose we should continue Future World East and then head to Future World West. Now... Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm going to just put in again. Go on. Because that, that's what I do. Um, Mark, what is your your plan of attack for Spaceship Earth? Would you go first thing as you enter the park or would you head into it later on in the day? I would head on to Spaceship Earth later on in the day. Maybe like... Um, as my before I head to World Showcase, maybe after lunch to you know let everything settle for a bit, 
it's a good way to get out of the heat for for a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in that post show area, they have if if you have kids, there's a lot of areas and hands on. I wouldn't say games, but yeah. interactive displays yeah. for the kids to play with. And it is one. It's it's a great area to beat the heat. And usually first in the morning, a lot of people will head straight for it mm. because they see it first. And I would. I, I, like you were saying, I would head to Future World East first. Yeah. yeah. So, so we'll head to Future World East first. Now, one of the things you'll find with, and this is something to notice, and for those of you who are proper Disney geeks, and this is a good one to share with everybody, Future World East and West are supposed to be designed, or the pathways and the way that you move are designed to be like the left and right side of the brain. Did both of you know this? I, I knew this something. Know this one. So, if you think about the pathways in uh, on the left and right side, so Future World uh, West is the creative side of your brain, uh, and the idea is all the paths are curved and there's no, and they're not supposed to be straight lines. They wind like the creative part of your brain would find ways and that sort of stuff. Uh, Future World East, you'll find most of the pathways are actually fairly straight, and the idea was that this would be kind of the logic side of your brain. So, you know, straight lines, you know, definite lines etc so they actually created future world east and west so it was kind of creative versus logic well well my, my take on it was nature versus technology yeah which is another way but I, I'm pretty, it was the it was the brain you, idea you probably know the real way yeah was, but i suppose yeah nature technology does work as well but originally if you think about some of the things that were in um in future world east and west at the time imagination is on the left um, on the right, you had things like the Wonders of Life. You had Horizons, those sort of things that were kind of very logic-based, yeah. Uh, rather than the creative elements of things like imagination. So that was kind of the idea, is how it worked. Um, so let's head into Future World e East, and uh, I suppose one of the first things you come to is um, Innoventions East. Now, can someone remind me of what the current state of Innovations East is? They just, I want to say within the last couple of days, I forget which side, I want to say it is Interventions West, they just shut down most of everything that was in there. Yeah. So East should still be up and running. They have, the, um, it, it is, I want to say maybe half open. There yeah. are, there were a lot of walls up when I was in there a few weeks ago. With there's talk of both of these areas sort of um, having a major overhaul and actually not being Future World East and West anymore. Uh, there's talk of them becoming something new, isn't there? Yeah. What yes, I've heard something about IBM taking over Interventions West. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're kind of aiming to make it more like what it originally was. Uh, when Epcot opened, it used to be called Communicore, and then it became Interventions later on. It was supposed to be an area where companies could showcase what they were working on, and it got they got away from that. And I, I'm hoping with IBM getting such a big presence in that area again, we might be going back to that. And I think that's to me that's interesting. That's fun to learn about. It is. Um, and like you, one of the things I liked about Interventions was that it was so eclectic and they had so much stuff. And I think actually it was would be one of those overlooked attractions I would say um, that most people would kind of wander in go I don't know what this is and walk out again and didn't necessarily go in um, Interventions uh, East just to let you know has got Stormstruck, Habit Heroes Some of All Thrills and taken the news break 
Um, so this is the some one. of our thrills is probably the best thing. Well, this is this is what I wanted to talk about. Um, Stormstruck is okay. Um, Habit Heroes, I'll be honest, we haven't done. Uh, some of all thrills though is an attraction you must go and do. It is a kind of a simulator style roller coaster sort of idea. You create your own roller coaster, you end up on a Kuka robot arm, and it flings you around like there's no tomorrow. Um, if you've never done it, it does get a queue, probably about 35, 40 minutes, but it's worth doing. Uh, and it's, and it's an inside sort of, queue with air conditioning. Yeah, it is, which is even better. Alan, don't do this. Um, you won't like it. Just yeah, you know. I, I would like it, maybe. You, you would. I suppose you could I, do a tamer one. You might be all right. I'll just do it like no hills or turns. Um, my in-laws went on it last time and... The idea was that they were going to go and ride it, and then we were going to ride it because we were doing a bit of a baby swap thing going on. Yeah. But after after about forty minutes waiting to for that swap over, we decided not to bother. Okay, fair enough. It's a good attraction. So. It's it's well it's very underrated by a lot of people, I think, uh, and people don't necessarily know exactly what it is. So it's well worth doing. Uh, I others... would toss in one other thing about that. Yeah. Um, I am a I'm not a small guy. I've got a little extra padding. <laughs> I've never, I've never had a problem with any attraction at Disney. Okay. This is the only attraction at Disney I've never, I, I was unable to ride because of my size. Um, and, you know, I'm not, oh, I'm not huge or any. I, at least I don't call myself that. But yeah. you know, any other ride, I have no problem with. Um, my wife rode it with our son, and she is a, a smaller girl. And she's got wider shoulders than most people, and she was even uncomfortable on right. the ride, but she was able to do it. So just wanted to put that out there. You know, it, it said a lot of the places very friendly for all sizes. This is just one that it just didn't work. Right. With regards to Interventions East, obviously a lot of stuff is open. I what we are saying is though, Interventions West. Um, I wouldn't bother too much with unless you're absolutely desperate to meet characters. The character meet and greet area is still open over there. Um, and that's kind of not even quite interventions. It's a little bit further down. But there is, I know there is a, a small meet and greet still open in that side. Um, it's but a that, pretty decent, surpri surprisingly big meet and greet. It's You get all your main, you get Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, and Pluto. Now, do they still, do they still include that as part of Innovations West? Or is that kind of just on the outside of it's on its own it's on its own it's called the character that's spot. right yeah um but I, I wouldn't bother with innovation and uh, innovations west because the, the piggy bank adventure etc have all kind of closed down recently um that's covered inventions we'll move across let's go over to um ellen's energy adventure i don't know if it's a coincidence but i've just done a search for it inventions west it on, doesn't um, exist on the disney website anymore. yeah it doesn't exist anymore no, no they're taking it off um, yes. someone out the page so, Innovations East is, is sort of the only place to go, really, there. Yep. So, Ellen's Energy Adventure. Who wants to kick us off on this one? Oh, okay, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. Go on. The, the concept behind Energy's Energy Adventure, uh, Ellen's Energy Adventure, the building itself is a building that is covered in mirror tiles and solar panels. And the idea is that the energy that is absorbed through the solar panels powers the attraction inside. Mm -hmm. And this, the setup for this is fantastic. The concept that is talking about energy and it's sort of using renewable energies. Then you go into the attraction and it starts to talk about where energy came from, the yeah. original sources of energy as in fossil fuels, etc. And 
to me, I would say that this attraction tends to be very dated. On, the, on the way that te technology has moved on so fast now with the way yeah. that renewable energies and um, efficient use of energy is, that the attraction is so far out of date now that it's it's a bit of a... I think it's a, it's quite amusing. It's... My wife and I... Uh, again, we have a few inside jokes more around Disney. And Ellen's Energy Adventure is one of those, like you said, it's dated. Very yep. dated. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the show Jeopardy. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. They reference that in the, sh in the attraction. And this is before this, the, the scoreboards and stuff were digital. And it was just patterns of lights spelling yeah. out numbers. I mean, we're talking early 90s dated. Um, we kind of frequently joke that it's one of those attractions that's not open all day. It, will, it closes midday before dark. But it's one of those to get in, and it's a good 30, 45 minute air conditioned nap. Yep. <laughs> there you go, had to play that. Um, the, the thing is, yeah, you're right, you go through this particular attraction, and, and I love the bit with Ellen at the beginning. I think that video is really funny, still really funny, even though it's slightly old. But the bit that always gets me is when you end up at the, uh, when they start talking about this new, brilliant invention where they can fill a field with solar panels and it gives you this solar energy and I'm thinking yeah my next door neighbor's got a load on their roof um, and you think hang on right okay we, we have moved on so much now and and all of this stuff towards the end you think yeah we, we do that all the time and then we talk about wind turbines it's like yep there's some of them in a field about a mile from my house um, if and they would take the time to revamp this and I, you know really not even the ride itself needs a big revamp but no. just update the film that yeah. goes along before, during, and after. I mean, Ellen is still hugely predominant. Uh, this is something, and the technology has, like you said, has advanced so quickly. This could very quickly, and I would say, would be one of the more easier attractions to make relevant with current day. Yeah, definitely, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. It's not difficult, and, you know, Ellen is still working with Disney, so there's no reason why she wouldn't do that again. So, um, one thing I'm going to point out, which was was my sort of main thing which I think is going to be updated. Yeah. There's there's a line that they say in the attraction in the ride, and it's talking about sort of oil reserves, and I'm yeah. sure the line goes something along the lines of, but don't worry about it. We've got supplies lasted for X amount of years. Whereas in the UK we tend to get drummed into the, we're running out of oil. You've got to start panicking now. Yeah, it's a little bit, isn't it? It's a it was sort of like, we've got loads of oil, don't worry about it. We'll just burn up all the fossil fuels, it'll be which, fine. Which you haven't anymore. But it's still a good attraction. But do be aware, for those of you who've never ridden it before, it is a 45-minute attraction. It doesn't feel like a 45-minute attraction, but the attraction does last that long. So if you've got any sort of reservation for Fast Pass or for food or anything like that, do be aware it's going to be 45 minutes. And if you just miss the um, next sort of start of the attraction again. You've got a good 15 minute wait before you can then ride the attraction. So you're gonna need to give yourself a good hour or so for Ellen's Energy Adventure. Otherwise you're gonna- Again, this would be stuff. one of those I would throw in when, when you're not pre when you're not running to test track yeah. or you want that break in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a good uh, place to get out of the heat and sit down and, uh, and ride this attraction. Uh, right, let's head further round Future World East, and we are heading to Mission Space. Now, for those of you who have um, 
not ridden this before. Mission Space is designed to be uh, a trip to Mars. It's been dis the, the, the attraction was created with the help of NASA. And uh, there's two versions. There's the orange team version, which is more intense, and the green team, which is less intense. But it's supposed to give each of you different jobs as you jump into the... Um, into a space rocket that takes you up to Mars and uh, each of you have individual jobs that you have to do during your mission but it gives you the feeling of the g-forces that the astronauts feel as they take off it gives you that feeling of g-forces as you slingshot around the moon um, I love this attraction sadly I don't get to ride the orange version very often because nobody else will. They'll all do the green version. I'll, I will gladly ride orange with Fab, you. Right, I'm, that's I'm it. usually the one on my family that will do it. Brilliant. Um, and NASA helped me design this yeah, one. Yeah. So it is... It's intense. Yeah, it's pretty realistic, yeah. Um, well, in that case, Mark, next time I'm riding it with you and I'll send everybody else on green. Um, it's another yeah. Fast Pass Plus attraction. I'll be honest, although I've had Fast Pass Pluses in the past for it, quite often there doesn't seem to be a massive need for it. No. If you time it right, you're, you're going to be waiting 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. But the good thing as well... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, the, and when it originally opened, there was no green and orange. No. That was something that it was um, it was too intense for some people. It was the only attraction in Disney World where you're going to find the vomit bags on the attraction. That's right. Yeah, that, that genuinely was, yeah. I can remember seeing them as the, uh, in the front of the vehicle. Where people genuinely had sick bags to make sure everyone was okay. Now, um, the, obviously, the reason that... It is intense. Yeah. Is when when we go to when we have a, like a carnival fair in in the UK, we have a ride which is called the rotor. Uh, have you heard of this, Adam? Yes. Right. Okay. Where you you stick yourself to the wall as this drum spins round. Yeah. Now it's it's based uh, yes. upon that sort of it's based upon that sort of a, attraction, but it's very cleverly created, and it's not just as simple as that. But my my view is, with these sick bags. How are you going to get it into the bag? Well, that's the problem, because it's particularly with the intense version, the G-Force is so strong, you struggle to lift your arm up enough to press the buttons that you're supposed to do anyway. I want to say it's, what, two or three Gs you experience on orange? Easily, yeah, easily. It's it's pretty, it is pretty strong, but I, I love it, it's great. Just don't eat before you go on it. And if you've no, got members of your family, not even on green. No, if you've got members of your family that are too small to ride or don't want to ride, there is a great uh, place for them to help wait out in. It's called the Advanced Training Lab, and it's a big interactive play area that you can uh, meet everybody. Kind of come out the exit, and you end up in the Advanced Training Lab. It's a really good yep. attraction. Now uh, I'm, I'm going to give my little top tip ones? on my my top tip with riding this ride. Yeah, and this is how how crazy my brain goes. Okay. I've, I've watched a video about what uh, jet fighters do yeah. when they're experiencing extreme Gs. Yeah. And I was I was quite aware that you know some people are, are passing out on this ride, they're puking up, they they just really don't get to the right sort of feeling for the orange side of the ride, which I've done. Now, what these fighter jet pilots do is they build up pressure by I, I don't know the best. If if you imagine if you were Oh, this is going to sound horrible, sitting on the loo. If you're <laughs> trying to force something out. Oh, dear. 
You're right. building up body pressure. Oh, oh, and Alan, that's to, really? to control your blood flow, I think. Really? Right, okay, really? So, so you don't want to go on the right after me. No, no, I'm not, not that bad. I've heard, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but yeah, that, that's a fundamental image. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. I... <laughs> Okay, right. Uh, moving on, uh, we'll escape. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing now. We'll escape out of Mission Space and uh, we're going to head to Test Track. Now, I have a funny feeling this might be a Mark Runt. Oh, this is probably my favorite attraction at. at oh, wow. Current. Okay. And I want to say it is my. It's, it, this is a. One of the two things I would make a beeline for first thing in the morning, okay. or or make sure you have a fast pass for. Yes, without shadow of a doubt. Um, as I don't, I don't know if y'all have touched on on previous episodes, Epcot is one of the only parks. I think it's the only park with fast pass that will designate certain rides in different categories. You cannot get a fast pass for Test Track and Soren. No. This so whichever one you don't get a fast pass for. Go to the other one first thing in the morning. Yes. Um, reason being, when this, when, about two years ago, this went under a big revamp. It's the same ride track. They just completely redid the ride. Different show, different story, whole nine yards. It's very Tron-like, I would yes. say. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it's, a, it's a hell of a ride, if I can say that. Um, it is. But... It, but it will pick up lines quickly during peak season summers it's not uncommon to see this hit a 100 maybe even 200 minute wait yeah without shadow of a doubt it, it does grow and grow and grow uh, now I, it's interesting to hear you say that this is your favorite attraction um it was my favorite one of my favorite attractions i i've got to admit i think the updated version means it's lost something that it used to have in the original um, See, I, I would argue that I like this incarnation better. Just, I guess maybe the everything, everything about it—the color scheme, uh -huh. the updating to the whole future technology side of the, uh, you're you're doing, you get to design your own car. Yeah. Um, it just it just the entire revamp, I think, really stepped it up. I must admit, um, I, I do like the design of the car bit at the beginning, but I do struggle with. I liked the fact that the old version took us through this idea of how they built a car and they had all those clever sort of effects with it and I don't know I just but, like, I see what you're saying that's, that's a very good point if you look at how the sort of the idea is it's future world it's looking into the future yeah the old version of Textract was about okay we've designed this car and this is the test that we do on the car yeah whereas the new version is right you're designing a car and we'll test out the outcome right. of what you're going to yeah, design. So that exactly. is like looking towards the future. Yes. One of the things Test Track does have that's really useful is single rider. And I have used single rider before. And again, this is actually another really good point. That if you have gone and you've got your fast passes for something like Soarin' and Test Track does have a large queue, you can often find that single rider you will get on quicker than you would have done. But it does outside the entrance give you the standby time and the single rider time as well. But I have done that before now, and I have not only have we done it before, we've also managed to actually ride together, even though we went through on the single rider queue. That is a rare occurrence, but yes, Very, it yeah. can happen. Yeah, it does. It, it, it does happen every now and again. Um, what so, is neat also when you design your car, you can save it to your Magic Band. Yes, yes, you can. And if you come back later in your trip, or even later on down the road, um, you can uh, tinker with your car. You can even do stuff with it online once you get home. Yeah. Um, 
then it will show you how you, uh, assuming it's working, it would the other week when I was down there, the post-show area really wasn't working as it should be. Uh, you should be able to scan your car and see how it held up against everybody that day. Uh -huh. And it breaks down the ride into segments. And that wasn't working, but when it does work, it is really kind of cool. And the post-show area is really nice as well. You can go and take get loads of photos done, and there's loads of really great cars to look at as well. And again, your Magic Band can work in those particular areas too. So it's worth spending some time in the post-show area as well, not just necessarily breezing straight through it. There's some nice cars and stuff in there. My dad loves it in there. He'll go and have his photo taken sat in the driver's seat of every single vehicle. Really. <laughs> um, and I see he's been doing that for years. I don't quite know why, but he has. Um, There's a rumor that goes around that every once in a blue moon, Chevy, somebody from Chevy will be there, and they'll give away one of those post-show cars. I've never seen it. I've never wow. heard it confirmed, but I've just heard it as a really cool rumor. That's because a cool rumor. Who wouldn't want to be sitting in one of those and be like, hey, do you want it? Yeah, until they hear you with an English accent and go, oh, no, you can't have that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a great rumor. Oh, I wish that was true. Um, yeah. Okay. We, um, we, Another thing I'm going to quickly add in there is that if you're an aerial topper fan, this has got the best aerial topper selection in the whole of it Disney World. It has actually got a really good aerial topper selection. That is very true. Um, also, I've been if you to wear hats or sunglasses, this is a hold on to them. Yeah, and there's and of course it's also full of cars merchandise. Yeah, there's a load of that there as well. That's true. I just um, say last time when I was down there, I didn't see a lot of cars stuff in the post show. Oh, or, okay. in that shop. They had like they had one of those for the kids. You can now build your own test track car. Yeah. They had a bunch of test track like merchandise, but I didn't see anything for cars. Well, they must have changed which... it. Then. I know last summer that I'm talking about last August now that they had a load of car stuff in there. So it's been it's been a good while. So I would guess they, they might have changed all of that. Um, right, we've uh, we've kind of looked at all of the attractions in Future World East. There's two other things I want to look at as well, which are our. Um, Dining and shopping uh, areas. So, Electric Umbrella, you will find inside Future World East. It's uh, a burger, chicken kind of joint. has loads of um, options in there. I don't know about you lot, but I always find when I go in here, it's hectic and it's rammed and it's crazy. And you can never find anywhere to sit. I've never it been in here at all. It tends to be I, I remember waiting a very long time for food last time I tried to eat in here. Um... So, again, if you're thinking about going there, do look at the queue and think about how long that is. And then um, the other one is my favourite. I think it's possibly my favourite Disney store, which is Mouse Gear, which you find yes. is massive uh, inside. Uh, it's, it's right by um, kind of what was Future World, um, Interventions East. And I, I reckon this is probably the best place to go for your retro Disney t-shirts. Retro Disney t-shirts. I think the only thing it doesn't have in there is kitchen stuff. Yeah. And there, um, but you're right. It, it has everything from clothing to jewelry to toys to retro. They've got a lot of Epcot Center stuff now. Yes. That's that seems stuff. to have just grown in popularity recently. The last trip, I, um, I got a fantastic retro Epcot Center t-shirt, um, which I love. You I can also buy... Awesome. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's also good for buying um, headwear, caps, caps, hats, animation, that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. They they have a lot of hats. You can get your ears personalized in there if you yep. want. And they even started selling a bunch of the limited edition Magic Bands in there. Oh, okay. 
But it's so a, if you just had your generic magic band you set up when you made your reservation, mm-hmm. maybe you want one that's uh, one of the themed ones. They've got everything from Haunted Mansion to Frozen. Yeah, it's it's well worth going um, in there and having a look. It's full of so much stuff, uh, which is. I will say also that if you're gonna browse in here, don't wait for the end of the day because as people are leaving the park after the fireworks, yeah. this, this this the store stays open, and mm-hmm. it just pulls in people. Yeah, it's great. You know, I go in there as we're sort of touring Future World, and we'll pick up whatever it is, and then have it sent back to the hotel. Which is, of course, remember you can do it in any of the parks. It's have the stuff sent back to your hotel. It takes about twenty four hours, but it's so much easier than carrying it around for the rest of the day. Oh, amen. Uh, right, let's head to Future World East then, and uh, we'll kind of continue in our clockwise direction, um, and uh, we'll go west. to left. <laughs> no, you, Future World West. Future. I thought you said uh, left. Future World. Oh. Uh, did I say Future World East? The, one of the things oh, that I'm, I'm going to say that I'm struggling with the most yeah. is that. Disney have changed the orientation of the park maps over the past few years. Yes. And it correlates with their little app thing and it is geographically correct. That's right. Whereas previously you'd always enter the park through the bottom of the map, we're now falling in through yeah, the, top the top of the top. map. That is true. Um, well, the first thing as we continue round and we go past sort of the entrance to Showcase Plaza is um, the Imagination Pavilion. And the Imagination Pavilion at present has gone under a little bit of a change. Um, you'll find now in the Imagination Pavilion two attractions. I, which, you're going to find one. Have they not got... Um, is this not where they're previewing Tomorrowland? Oh, Tomorrowland is still being previewed. I thought you were referring to Captain No, 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 no. no. Okay. Sad that Captain E has gone. Uh, at this moment in time, they are currently previewing Tomorrowland. Now, we're guessing if you're going in the summer and you're listening to this... It will most probably have gone by then because it is getting replaced. It is getting replaced. It's getting replaced on the twenty seventh of May. I'm really excited for this with a preview of Inside Out. Oh wow! Okay, so the chances are I go on the twenty ninth. There's my new thing. There you go. The chances are Inside Out will stay for some time, so I think it's due out until later on in the year. Now I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't put Inside Out inside the old Wonders of Life pavilion. See, that would have worked. Yeah. That would have yeah, cool. it, was, it was very, very I similar. I still think while Captain EO was and is dated, oh, it's still better than Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Honey, I I, the there audience, had been so. some rumors last year that they were going to completely redo the entire pavilion, not even the sh- not just the show, but the ride That's as well. Right. There's, there's been just a lot because... of talk about that over quite a few years now, I think, about this idea that the uh, Journey to Imagination would get a whole revamp and it would be an attraction that fills the entire pavilion. And I'm sure it's on the drawing board, and I've said it before, um, I think it needs it. And well, it the does. ride is fun, but it's not, it, it's... I can ride Spaceship Earth every time I go to the park. Yeah. I can't ride this every time I go to the park. No, Journey to Imagination is good fun, but it's it's nowhere near as good as the original sort of incarnation of it. You used to have a, a wonderful post-show area that went upstairs, which no longer exists. You've got Image Works, which is okay, but again, it's nothing to shout about. Uh, and Actually, the, up, the, the upstairs is still there. It's just not open, All it? of it's still there. You just let me, let me phrase this in a Disney-friendly way. You're not supposed to go up there. Oh, okay. So does that tell me you've been up there recently? If if you want to take that risk, sure. But 
I, just, I, I, I wouldn't, but it's there. It's one of those things I remember from my childhood. Gentle Imagination with Figment is fine. And uh, again, if you've got children who've not been on it before, they'll love it. I, I must admit, I do like the ending. I'm, I don't want to give too yeah. much away. Um, but the ending's fantastic, how they they transition from that one part to the other. Um, and I, I kind of forget that happens. And I go on the attraction, and then it happens. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. I always forget how that that kind of comes yeah there, there's something special about how they get that to happen that's cool um there's also um one of the things about the attractions that just sort of involve different aspects of your brain and and the way that you sort of you picture things from from hearing to sight yeah to smell which is very clever and there is you get a blast of um skunk smell you do very now, important skunk smell i i personally you quite like it don't you i don't think it smells that bad but is that just the way that my brain interprets it? Or the fact that I've worked with solvents for the past 20 years? That could be that. It just <laughs> Solvents have clearly destroyed any sense of smell that you have. Um, that's all that is. It's a solvent issue. <laughs> but that's for another show. Um, yep. Yeah, so image works in there. You can bypass. It's not really that exciting. You've got Inside Out, I would guess, in the summer when you go. And then Journey to Imagination with Figment. It's got a Fast Pass Plus. I'm not quite sure why it has Fast Pass Plus. Because there's pretty much never a queue. I think it, it's Fast Pass Plus makes you choose it as an option. Yeah, because, because it's on the tiered system, yeah. Yeah, there's other things on there which you would never want to Fast Pass Plus. I, well, I have Fast Pass Plus at this time. Well, it's the same you know? as we were talking about with Hollywood Studios, weren't we? Because they've got the tiered Fast Pass system there as well, that you end up Fast Passing attractions that you wouldn't normally Fast Pass because they're in the tier and you've got a spare Fast Pass. Yeah. But um, obviously we'll, we'll talk about the fast pass at the end, but yeah. it's, it's it's crazy that it is, it is that. It is. Um, the other thing to point out at, outside the pavilion is the, the water fountains. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, talk about those a little bit. Um, every year, whenever we go, the kids love these water fountains. Well, I love the water fountains too. And you've got to walk up sort of the side of the pavilion to get the most out of the jumping fountains. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got the jumping fountains and then the upside down waterfall. Yeah, the upside down waterfall. And there's, there's, do they still have like jellyfish style waterfall um, fountains even? No, I don't no, think they still have those style. Um, but they do have the jumping fountains. A, a good way to cool off a little bit and to beat the heat. But it's also just kind of nice to sit back and watch because people who don't realize what it is. Yeah, this is true. I'm, I'm a big fan of people watching. Yeah, it's very true. And then you watch the kids jump up and try and get hold of all the squirts of water they go over. I still saddens me that this is also the area you used to meet Dreamfinder and Figment. But we'll move on. I'm not going to dwell on that too, <laughs> too much. Um, okay, that's the Imagination Pavilion. Let's head up to what is one of the larger pavilions um, that you'll find within Future World, and particularly one that's got. I would dare say the best pavilion in Epcot. Oh wow! Okay, now there's a big statement. Okay, this is the Land Pavilion. It uh, consists of several different attractions within it. You've got Soarin, Living with the Land, and the Circle of Life movie that's in there. Um, so, okay, I, I think as you've made such a bold statement, Mark, you need now to justify as to why this is the best pavilion. All right. Um, it's like you said. It has a little bit of everything. It has attractions. It has dining, and it has, like I said, a little bit of everything. Um, like I say, if you get, if you pick Test Track or Soren for your Fast Pass for that top tier category, you're going to be coming over here. Yeah. Um, Soren is located in this pavilion downstairs. 
it is like test track in the morning when when rope drop happens this is one of your two mad dash or you'll see people dashing off to yeah um soren is originally it's the film from the disneyland version called soren over california um the the machine uh, the ride machine is insanely clever yes you're sitting in these rows and then it swings you into this big imax screen and it, it's like you're hang gliding over all these dozens of different areas. Everything from orange groves to golf courses, uh, skiing in the mountains. And it's not just a visual, it's a, uh, there's sense. As you're flying over the orange grove, you smell oranges. As you're going uh, over pine areas and uh, kayakers, you smell that natural forest type smell. Um, and it's it's at, they're getting ready to expand it. They're going to build a whole another building to add two more theaters just to keep. Uh, it, it's because it's consistent, just like Test Track during the busy season, a three digit uh, wait time easily. Yeah, and there's even talk of updating the film. Well, uh, uh, the film that they got is I want to say not in HD. No, and I don't it, think it, it is. It's a little dated. But there's there's been talk of changing it. From as what well. I understand, in the past year or so, Disney have actually been out filming new scenes for what is going to be rethemed as possibly soaring over the world. And that would be awesome. Yeah, it'd be great to see something new. I like soaring. I, I love soaring. It's such a fantastic attraction. In fact, the music for the soaring queue is possibly some of my favourite. Uh, sort of queue music in in the whole of Walt Disney World. Um, but the attraction itself as you've already said, is very clever. The only downside to it, really, is that it is so California-centric. And for people like myself, and I suppose Alan as well, who have never been to California, it means that yeah. we're looking at something that we don't necessarily have any sort of experience from. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. And, you know, I, I love trying to spot the hidden Mickey on the golf ball every time it flies past my head. Um, but it would be nice to see something that we can maybe relate a little more to than we currently do. But I, th I think just the concept of, of what the attraction is, though, you, the fact that you're hanging by the seat of your pants. Oh, yeah. Um, you're giving your feet a good rest. It's great if you get onto the attraction later on in the day because you get some weight off your feet. And it's a um, do. But, but just the whole the, the, the motion of flying, you know, it, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter where you are. And then at the end, you get to see um, Disneyland, California, yes. and you go, oh, yeah, I recognize that. And, and it does get cues. Um, Last summer, there was one day that Soren's queue got to 270 minutes. When so, Test Track yeah. reopened during the right during that first holiday season, Test Track was opened. Uh, it got to 300 minutes, and wow. I took a picture of it down there because there's no way I would wait that long. No, and, no. <laughs> you just wouldn't yeah. do it, would you? No in a million years. But uh, it's definitely well worth going on uh, without a shadow of a doubt if you've not done it before. Um, okay, you've got living with the land inside. So the idea is this uh, takes you on a journey to do with agriculture and how we use the land in order to grow crops. And um, you then get to go through almost like biodomes, I suppose, and greenhouses. that help Greenhouses. To... And it's, it's not a thrill ride at all, but no, it's. I want to say it's one of my favourites. It's just... 
it's it, it's interesting to me because there's always something different every time you go through those greenhouses. It is. It's really un- unusual because what they're th- in theory, you, if you were to explain this to someone, oh, it's all about how we use the land to grow crops and how we use ecosystems, etc. And then you get to go through a greenhouse and see Disney growing plants and vegetables. <laughs> and when you actually describe it, it doesn't sound that great. But the attraction itself is fantastic, um, and you get to go through those greenhouses and see all sorts of different things. Before now, I've been through and seen they were growing. Uh, Mickey Mouse shaped pumpkins uh, ready yeah. for Halloween and they use the majority of the produce that they grow within these greenhouses in Garden mm-hmm. Grill um, which we'll come to in a little while um, but it's it, it's another attraction that kind of we will do every single time and I, I've, I know I've said so many times in this show before I feel it does miss the old live narrators that you used to get but I still think it's well worth a visit. And again, the queues are not that big at all. They have increased since the use of FastPass Plus, but not by huge. This is another one of those that will open before, oh, excuse me, will close before dark. Yes. Um, I want to say it closes about six o'clock. Somewhere around there, isn't it? Right. Um, but it's one of those, again, if, if you time it right, you can walk right on. Yeah. Um, and if you get a chance during the. Uh, uh, the time of the year where it gets dark early uh-huh. try to ride it at night it's it's almost a different experience yeah yeah and i've we've been stuck in at dusk hours with a narrator and I remember being on a boat that got stuck in the stream and, and didn't move for ages and we were all just kind of sat there unsure what to do and she had to start making up all these facts while we were sat in a half dark uh, greenhouse uh, i've got to say i've always done it in the in the daytime it's always been relatively early on in the day um usually tagged on because we've gone to the the, the eatery place there for breakfast yeah. um, but what I was going to say is if, if you've enjoyed um, Living with the Land as the attraction ride uh-huh. there is a, a follow on tour that you can do which is the which, behind the seeds isn't it? behind the seeds That's right. and it is a bargain price in terms of tours at Disney it's, children are $16 and adults are $20 wow that's nothing it's and, a great deal it's, especially when you look at the prices some of the other behind-the-scenes tours and other parks. And everyone yeah. I've spoken to who's done it have all said how much they've enjoyed it. Yeah. So I've booked it up this year. I can't wait to do it. Okay. And obviously, when I get back, I'll tell you more about Sounds it. Right. But That'd be good. Mark, have you done it? The behind-the-scenes tour? Yep. Unfortunately, no, I have not. Okay. So that's the It's on the bucket list of things to do. It just has not happened. Fair enough. Let's talk about food, then, that we've got inside... Uh, the land pavilion before we move on uh we'll start with uh, chippendale's harvest feast at the garden grill this is a character dining experience obviously with chip and dale it's an american cuisine uh restaurant i've never it's all you care to eat oh all you care to eat even better i've never eaten in here i've got to admit it's one of those places i've always thought about but never actually managed it and i know for a few years when we went it wasn't even open uh but it seems to have had a bit of a renaissance recently and, and the food apparently is supposed to be very good it's really good. Uh, my family ate there on our last family trip. The, the restaurant rotates slowly. So yeah. you don't <laughs> want to make sure I throw on that slowly. Like uh, so space. You, get, you get to see the others. You get to go rotate back into living with the land. That's right. And it's all you care to eat. Beef, turkey, uh, fresh garden vegetables. Um, and the characters come around to your table and... It's been a popular dining reservation as of late. Okay. It, it, you're right; it has seen a uh, resurgence in popularity. 
I know a lot of people I've heard on other podcasts, things like that, have all said how, how much they've enjoyed the food there. Um, the other place in there that I enjoy the food quite often is uh, Sunshine Season. So this is a counter service location. Um, it does a lot of, again, some of the produce that you get in there has been grown inside of uh, the land pavilion. But it also does a, a good mix of kind of um, cuisines from around the world as well. Uh, now, I'll admit, last summer we ate there, I was a little bit disappointed on the food quality compared to what it had been previously. But it is definitely a good place if you want a breakfast when you're uh, heading into the park, you want something early, then Sunshine Seasons does a, a good breakfast and it's not too Sunshine busy. Seasons, I think, is the best quick service in, the, in Epcot. Okay. And I think you're seeing a lot, especially if you're looking for healthier options, mm-hmm. you're not going to find a hamburger here at all. No, no they, got, um, they, they did some really good fajitas, if I remember last time I was there. You're right. Breakfast is the the breakfast they do is really good. Um, it's always again, it's always crowded, but it's never a long wait to get your food. No, and the pricing on it again is is really spot on. I think actually, it's a very good point. Uh, Disney's food pricing obviously is quite high in a lot of places. This is very reasonable compared to some of the other uh, other places that you can go to. It's a very good point. Yeah. Well made. And the other thing I'm going to say is, although you have said that you know it's a good place to go for breakfast. Out of all the places you can go to have any food in 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 Epcot, there's only two places you can have breakfast, and this is the, this one is of them. One of them, yeah. Um, but it's uh, worth going to and grabbing something to eat. Certainly, if you're going into the parks early enough, in order to do that. Uh, okay, let's leave the land behind then, and we're going on to the last pavilion that you'll find in Future World, and that is Living with the uh, Finding Nemo. Living with Finding oh, Nemo. Living with the Seas in Nemo's Finding Something. The Seas with Nemo and Friends. There we go. Not the Living Seas that it used to be. Uh, this is the Seas with Nemo and Friends. It used to be known as the, the Living Seas. Uh, this pavilion, obviously, as it, it kind of tells you, is all to do with sea and creatures that live within water. And uh, it's a, a pretty big pavilion uh, and has a, a, a good number of things in there. There is an attraction you must ride in order to get into there. It's called the Seas with Nemo and Friends. And to be honest, it's quite a nice little attraction. Um, um, some very clever technology in here. This Musion technology to make uh, Nemo and friends appear like they're swimming in the water with some of the actual fishes that are in this location. Um, I, I I will spend a good time, a good length of time inside the seas with Nemo and friends. I don't know about you, Alan. Yeah, I'm, I've got to say that this is one of my favourite attractions of all time um, in terms of immers- immersive environment. Mm. And what I mean by that, as soon as you walk in the door... You're sort of walking up like a sandy path. You're going across the beach. You're going around the corners, and then you're starting to go under the sea. And there's a section of the queue where you you can look up at the ceiling. You can see the ripples of the water, and some of the the projections that are making this effect happen. It's absolutely amazing. It it does send you into the right sort of direction. Yeah. And you know, if if there is a queue, I've never actually had a queue there. But if there is a queue, there's um, what they call it's like a school of fish. Yes. Which is in Finding Nemo, which they're making it's, shapes. It's like Spaceship Earth. the The ride aspect is one of those that is continuously loading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, it might stop to allow a wheelchair or something along those lines, but it, it's it, a long line should not be taken too seriously here. Um, and it, again, you're inside, you're air conditioned, which in Florida in summer is never a bad thing. No, definitely not. And I, you also, once you get through the ride aspect and get into the aquarium, yeah, there's a lot of Don't just look at one area and move on. Each area, each tank has something different. The manatee tank, you got a tank with dolphins, 
and then you've also got a tank that's more kid-friendly and uh, interactive, and then you've also got Turtle Talk with Crush. And the, the Turtle Talk with Crush is um, very much similar to those of you who go to Disneyland Paris who have uh, seen Stitch live. The idea is that you will sit down and Crush comes out and he will talk to you and respond to different people with questions and answers. And it's a really very clever attraction, the idea that you can communicate with Crush in real time and he will talk to you and identify you and all those sort of things. Um, again, it's, an, it's a continuous show. So if you miss one, you only have to wait about 15 minutes for the next one. And it's a fairly decent-sized theatre for the amount of people who go to it. It's Fast Pass Plus, but to be honest, I don't think it necessarily needs that Fast Pass Plus, unless you're I would agree. You know, desperate to, to use it. Um, so that's within there as well. You've got the Season Nemo and Friends, which is really great. And then also within the uh, Land Pavilion, which I kind of find a little bit ironic that we're talking about these are animals that live in the water, and we have to save some of these animals. And if not... Come on over, because we're going to eat them. Um, we're going to go, uh, which is the Coral Reef Restaurant. The Coral Reef Restaurant is a table service restaurant that sells seafoods and steaks and all those sort of things. Again, I have to admit, never eaten here because we're not massive Nor seafood I. fans. Alan? I've eaten there a couple of times. We're going again this year. Okay. It's the freshest fish in Epcot ever. Yeah, it's because they've just stuck their hand in the tank <laughs> to take one out. I want that one. <laughs> I've always no, joked that they should really do that. You should be able to point <laughs> at what you want and make them, but they won't. They should but, have a big uh, tank, one of those grab claws that you can just sort of see it in the tank and you just lower it down. But no, in, in, in reality, it is a fantastic restaurant. Every seat has a decent view of the fish tank um, that is down one side of the, the room. Okay. Um, and they do serve other food, not just fish. Right, so they they serve. I think that's the thing. We looked at the menu and it was quite limited compared to what they did that wasn't fish, and thought I don't yeah. know if I want to spend that much money just because um, I can get a big fish tank when I'm eating. Yeah, but I think it's it's, it's entertaining, and I think you also get, um, or it might be just the kids on the kids menu. You get like mm-hmm. a, a a plan of what fish you can spot, and you get to colour them in. Yes, that's true. And uh, if your kids let you use the crayons, you can colour them all in. <laughs> There's a couple of things we've missed inside uh, Future World West before we move on. Uh, The first one is Fountain View, which is now uh, there's uh, Starbucks Expressos and breakfast sandwiches and all those bits and pieces. Uh, Whereabouts is that? This uh, is sort of. uh, Do you know where the Fountain of Nations are? It's it's right outside by the fountain. It's kind of, yeah, it's to the left of um, the Fountain of Nations if you're looking at Spaceship Earth. So sort of opposite mouse it's, right, it's, on opposite the inside of, it's on the inside of that hub. Yeah, it's in there. Um, they don't, uh, it's, it's, there's a few steps to go up. It's kind of hard to miss. Yeah, you can't but miss if it you, If you're not, if you're on the outside of that hub over, uh, like if you're near the land or imagination, you won't see it from that side. Right, okay. Yeah. So that's that's it's it is on the inside. Yeah, you have to make sure you see that. The uh, other one to mention as well is something that we did mention briefly earlier, and that is the Epcot character spot. Um, it's another Fast Pass location. We've used Fast Pass for this before, um, and it gives you the opportunity to go and meet Mickey and basically all of his friends. So there's Mickey, Minnie, and Pluto. I believe are usually the three that you will find there. Um, and and you will see lines for this get long as well. They really will. And the good thing about this is um, 
you queue once to see a series of characters. So you'll meet Mickey, and once you've met him, you'll then move on to Minnie, and once you've met her, you'll then move on to Pluto. So it's one queue for three characters, which is uh, which is really good. It's a little bit like in Fantasyland where you've got Storybook Circus. You kind of queue for two characters, but you have to queue again for the other two. This is three yeah. characters in one, um, which is really, really good. Um, there's one thing we haven't mentioned in Future World West. Well, then. Club Cool. Now this wow. is a must go. If you've never been to Club Cool, this is the trip that you must go to Club Cool. It is uh, hosted by Coca-Cola and they have loads of Coke merchandise that you can buy in there. But also they have samples of Coke soft drinks from around the world. Okay. I would just like to take a moment and tell your entire audience, try the Beverly. Beverly is amazing. Beverly is my favorite drink. Beverly is amazing. You're yeah. right. You'll love Beverly. You will, you, it's a taste sensation is Beverly. Okay. Occasionally, they, they change up some of the other the, the drinks that you can sample there. Obviously, all these these drinks are free of charge. You can just yeah. sample as much as you want to. Um, Chris Speed, that used to be on the podcast with us, he used to do a lot of sampling. Yeah, he did. He used to fill up several bottles of samplings, and um, the the samples come from all over the world. And Beverly is the only one that has consistently remained there. Yes, I wonder why. So it's because that it's says how good it is. It's because it's the best. So give Beverly a, uh, a go. And once you've tried it, email us, radio at disneybrit.com, and tell us what you think. Because um, we think it's it's fantastic. Anyway, yeah. uh, um, so <laughs> that's Club I'm just Cool. I'm just having a quick look to see what the other, the other drinks um, are at the I moment. Know, there's one from Brazil. There's one from Israel, I think. There's one from Japan, I want to say. Uh, oh, I can't remember where else there is around. There's one from the Middle East that's really good. It's there a is. strawberry. That's right. There is. Yes. Um, and I can't remember where a couple of the others are, but there's some some interesting flavors in there. So give them a go. But do, of course, try Beverly. Uh, okay, let's head into World Showcase. Well, we're going to head towards Showcase Plaza to start off with. And uh, I've kind of missed. Well, okay, now let's talk about it before we go in. Let's talk about Phineas and Ferb's Agent Peace World Showcase Adventure. Because although you can pick it up at certain points, points around World Showcase, there is one as you enter World Showcase you can take part in. Now, have either of you done Agent Peace World Showcase Adventure? Yes. Well, my son has done Agent okay. Peace World Showcase Adventure. Alan? Yeah, I've done it. I've um, I've done the Kim Possible version and the, the Agent P version. Now, I... I've done this as well with Harry, and um, he loved it. And we did probably four of them in one day, and uh, it's great fun. He absolutely loved it. The fact that you get this mobile device, and you have to follow the quests that are given to you, and do future mercies, trying to do all sorts of stuff, and you can press certain buttons, and that means that this then happens, or this happens in each of those different pavilions. Now, it's a bit bittersweet for me, this one. I think it's great because you get kids involved in each of the different countries, and they get to go around and explore. But equally, I hate the fact that it actually dis detracts from what the country is about a lot of the time. They don't really look at the country properly. They look at what's going on in those bits and pieces rather than what's actually happening in the country itself. So I think my my kind of gripe with this is that it doesn't necessarily tell them a massive amount about the country itself. Um, it just uses the country as a basis for a game. I want to say, I, while I understand that point of view, I would say the way they incorporated things into the real world um, I'm, I'm specifically thinking over in Germany when you get to the end of your mission 
and it's you don't just get a little thing on the phone they give you. There's something that happens in in the pavilion. Yeah, and it's kind of cool. It, it, they really could have just left it basic and simple, but it feels like you did something, and for kids, that's huge. That is true. Yeah, it is. It is. I think you know um, there are some elements that are in. I, I love Mexico's. I think Mexico's is a great adventure. If you've not done that one, uh, it's well worth doing. Uh, and there's some cle- very clever little effects that happen within Mexico, which are quite cool and I quite like. Um, but uh, UK is pretty good. I'm trying to think which ones did we do. Germany was quite clever. Um, Japan wasn't brilliant. Japan was okay, but it could have been better. So that definitely uh, wasn't my favourite one. And I know that when they first started testing it all out, um, before it went live in, in the original version of Kim Possible, yeah. there was a lot more effects that were more interactive than what they are now. Yeah, yeah, um, And I, I dare say it's been scaled back down to costs. Um, but one of the effects that I thought was fantastic was you went to the toy shop in the UK and you actually talked to the toy soldier in the window. Yeah. who talked back to you. you still got the, the Toy Soldiers element is still there, and there's a great element in the sports shop and things like that. We did the UK one, yeah, uh, which had that. And I actually quite like the ending to the UK pavilion. It's quite clever. Yeah. Um, um, but here's my big gripe with this. To me, it's very much along the lines of, you know when you, you're filling out a form online and you've got to read the terms and conditions? Yeah. And you don't really read the terms and conditions because you just want to get just to the end the result. Game, yeah. <laughs> So, PC, on, on your phone, you get sent a message and a little bit of animation that loads up, and you've got to click next yeah. once you've read it, and you've got to click next, and you've got to click next, and you next, 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 right, okay, we've got to go somewhere play now. now. Yeah, I want to play now. And I, I've missed all them screens because I wasn't really into the story. I just wanted no. to see the results. Yeah, you just wanted to see what happened in the game, didn't you, rather than anything else? Yeah. Right, we're heading then. Let's head down. We've got our, our wonderful device now, so we can go and play. Uh, but we're going to head into Showcase Plaza to start off with. Uh, there's a couple of things in World Showcase Plaza to mention. Uh, one of them is a refreshment port there. You can get ice creams and some great drinks and things in there. The second one is, um, I hate to admit it, is Duffy Bear. Duffy the Disney Bear has a meet and greet location here. Uh, and you can, this is the only place you can meet Duffy in the whole of Walt Disney World. Uh, but Duffy is here. Um, has anybody met Duffy in the Disney Park? Not me. I have not met Duffy, but in my moment of shame, no, it's not my wife. Shame. Oh. My, my wife failed to point out to me that Duffy is Duffy is is a child, and I offered Duffy an alcoholic beverage one time. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Duffy uh, held his head in shame and walked off. And <laughs> it's brilliant. never been forgotten. That's fine. Uh, we yeah. Anyway, we scarred him for life. Yeah, I've scored it. Scarred him for life. Right. Which I'm intrigued now as to which way you like to tour World Showcase, because there's no right or wrong way. So, Alan, where do you like to? Which direction do you like to tour World Showcase? Generally, I would go can- Canada. I was going to say I would okay. go Canada. Canada. You go Canada. Uh, which way do you go, Mark? It depends on the time of the day. Um, normally, I'll start in Canada. But if I'm going for some good liquor, I'll go to Mexico first. Okay. Well, now, we see we always do Mexico. And the reason I do Mexico is because I've got a nice spot that I like to watch Illuminations from, which is the opposite side of World Showcase. So we'll quite often start in Mexico and make our way around that way. Um, All right. And I'll explain so, where that location is in a little while. Okay. 
We'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, if you don't want to walk all the way around World Showcase, you can get friendship boats, and these friendship boats do take you from uh, World Showcase Plaza, and you can either drop you off at Just by Germany or Just by Morocco. So there are two different locations you go to. So I suppose as um, it's two against one, we'll start off in Canada. So let's start off in Canada, although it's completely the opposite way around to the way Disney tell you to do it in their guide map. They tell you to start off with Mexico. So we're going backwards. That's fine. Um, so Canada then has got um, sort of an attraction-ish, a show, and a restaurant. Uh, the first one is O Canada. This is a 360-degree circle vision movie it is hosted by martin short it's got uh oh canada sung by an ex winner or runner-up of uh the canadian american idol x factor whatever you want to call it it's about 14 15 minutes long yep uh 14 15 minutes long uh when was the last time you saw this Ooh, about 1933 <laughs> mark I saw it before it had Martin Short in it. Yeah, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I don't think I've seen it since Martin Short either. Um, so, I, I'm sure it's great. Go and see it. But we haven't. Um, you've also got well, the Lumberjack. Oh, well, just, just to go into that though, why, why haven't you gone in to see it? Because I, I, you know, I don't know. If I'm honest, I genuinely don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll explain my reasons why I haven't seen it of recent years. Go on. And that, that is because it's. It's the 360 film, and I think, to me, I've been there, done that, and it wasn't as impressive as it could be. Okay. It's a bit like flying over California, but without my feet being off the ground, <laughs> and and all the nice atmosphere in it. You know, I'm, I'm just flying over Canada. You, you were saying that how you did... Soren has kind of dampened the experience of the Circle Vision 3D. Yeah, that is true. Or, yeah, I, I get that now. Yeah, that is true. Um, and... Oh, yeah, there's there's other attractions in World Showcase that are very very similar. Yeah. And again, it's it's the technology that's, that's let it down. I can't say there's anything bad about Old Canada in terms of the content, but it's just I've got, I've got 15 minutes that I've gained by not doing it. That's true. Okay. Uh, you've got the Canadian Lumberjacks in here as well. Uh, these are new. They came early on this year. They got a show. It's about 15 minutes long. There's around six or seven shows each uh, each day. I've not seen this because they've kind of appeared since I was last in the park. Is this something you've seen, Mark? I've seen it, and I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I have, the problem is they replaced off kilter, didn't they? Uh, which yes, is they different. replaced off kilter, and it, any I, I've followed off kilter since they started back in '99. I, I, I'm a huge fan of theirs, um, and I, it's not that the lumberjack show is not is bad. It's the fact that they're the show that came in after Off Kilter. Yeah. Um, yeah. On that note, I would to be. I, I did take a look at it when I was down there. I, I'm trying to be fair and impartial. It's better now than it was when it started. They've added. They've built the stage out to include a log rolling thing in a pool. Right. Yeah. Um, at first, it was very dull. And it, it, it has not gotten a huge positive... It hasn't gotten a lot of positive feedback. Okay. Um, people don't like the chainsaws that they use. They think it kind of detracts from the noise. Yeah. And it, just the show in general doesn't really have much to do with Canada. On the flip side, Off-Kilter wasn't as... I guess you could say the same. And they brought in music from anybody who had a Canadian tie. Yeah. Um, 
but still you had bagpipes. I would much rather hear bagpipes than chainsaws. But if I'm being fair, I would say at least check it out. Say it's different. Yeah. Um, and they, they're at least attempting to evolve the show as it goes on. Cause yeah. Except for the first few months, it was very bland. Mm-hmm. It was very uh, quick. And they're at they're they're at least trying to do stuff to get more people and but to get people involved and get people to hang around. So, in that respect, I would say, give it a shot. Okay, so it's worth seeing at least once if you've not seen it before. Yeah. Um, Personally, uh, I, I wrote an article about it on on one of the websites. Yeah. And I, I looked at it from the point of view that you know that the guys who organise the show, I think it's is it Paul Banyan. He, he does a touring uh, show. Yeah, something along that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of a franchise thing, isn't it? And the, as far as I'm aware, these, these are qu- quite big events. Now, obviously, what we're seeing here is a 15-minute segment. And what you see on his, his full shows is, you know, rapid tree climbing and sort yeah. of chopping off the top of a tree on a springboard and loads of other aspects, which it looks as though Disney is starting to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. But that could be to allow that to happen so that they reduce the amount of chainsaw that goes on. Yeah. That's, Cause, I would guess so. Yeah, the log, the log rolling, for example, it's uh, relatively silent, apart from when the guy swears when he hits the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fair point. Um, the only other place we want to talk about in Canada is uh, a signature dining restaurant, and it is... Um, a damn good one. It really is a great one as well. If you've not eaten here before, it is expensive. Yes, is it worth it? Every single dollar. Yes. Um, dis- I've eaten at two of the signature steakhouses at Disney, and each one has had one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. Um, my wife, my wife is a fan of the La Cellier. Um It's a filet mignon uh, with wild mushroom risotto. It's like their that's like their signature dish, um, yeah. and I had a ribeye with Yukon gold potatoes. And when I drive down, it's a twelve hour drive for me from my home in Kentucky to Disney. Mm-hmm. We ate here with some friends right after it became signature. I we ate there, and I didn't eat the whole thing the entire way home. Wow, you will fill up. It's worth every dollar. It is really worth it. Have you eaten here, Alan? Yeah, we went there last time, and um, my top tip is, if you've got a advanced dining reservation for it, make sure you get there earlier, not on time, not two minutes past, because as soon as your time's been passed, they really don't like it. Yeah, they're not fans, are Be- they? Because it's I such would a popular say that's place. A, I would say that's almost a really good piece of inform- a tidbit of advice for any res- place you have a reservation for. Yeah. We were really lucky. We we were supposed to eat via Napoli last year, and we were nearly ten minutes late due to a friendship boat boat issue, uh, and they were not happy with us. We managed to get in, but they were kind of a little bit annoyed. Yeah, it was them. We we really stressed out the uh, the, the cast members there, and and I'll be honest, the, the whole reason for our delay was that we couldn't get the brown coloring pen to color in Duffy on the little paddle stick thing. Can you believe it? How horrendous <laughs> is that? That that's a major issue. Yeah. Right, let's fly across the Atlantic then and let's head over to the United Kingdom. So in the United Kingdom there is no attractions, but there are two places to eat. There are plenty of shops 
and there is a lot of entertainment. So let's just talk through the entertainment with you. You got British uh, British Revolution who do perform there usually Sunday, Great Tuesday, show. Friday, Great and Saturday. Show. They perform about five or six times a day. It's about half an hour. Sunday and Wednesday to Saturday, you also get the Paul McKenna Band, who are a kind of sort of Scottish folk music. And then in the Rose and Crown Pub, you do get uh, some musicians that play in there as well. They play sort of 45 minutes at a time. As well as that, you've also got the Disney characters you can meet there. Of course, very British Disney characters. Alice in Wonderland, Mary Poppins, and Winnie the Pooh and Friends all exist within uh, the United Kingdom. Now, of British Revolution, then, you're, you're kind of uh, saying that they're worth seeing them up. They're, they're worth seeing, and a lot of people that were off-kilter fans, um, if you, they, they pack in both, they would pack in both performances. Um, I had friends who would literally spend their Saturday evening going back and forth between off-kilter and British Revolution. And oh, wow. British Revolution's area, it's back in the back of the of the pavilion. Yes. There's a lot of places to, there's a lot more places to sit or view the show than off-kilter mm-hmm. had. And uh, grab a beer and enjoy. They, they really do a good job over there. They do. It is a good show. Um, and obviously, being British, you know, we're used to hearing a lot of this sort of stuff. And, and I think actually they do do a really good job of it. I'm really impressed with them. So it, has anyone seen the Paul McKenna band? No, can't say I have. Now, I saw to them me, Paul McKenna passing. Not worth stopping for. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, in, in the UK, Paul McKenna is a hypnotist. Yeah, he is. And <laughs> I would like to see the hypnotist put together a band <laughs> as a live show. I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> Paul McKenna putting a hypnotist show on in, uh, in the United Kingdom. That'd that would be, be very British. There are some um, are some really good uh, shops in here as well. If you're particularly a, a soccer or football fan, then you can get uh, a good number of uh, English Premier League football shirts in here. Uh, you can only get them though if they are, I believe, if they are Nike. If Nike, they're, right. if they're a Nike kind of uh, made shirt, you can get them. If they're anything else, you can forget it. I had a really interesting conversation with a cast member about what they would. They've obviously got all the Scottish, a lot of Scottish shirts in there as well. What they would have done if um, Scotland had declared independence of, of the United Kingdom, and would they have got rid of everything, or would they have kept it? Uh, and he was like, actually, do you know what? It's a very good question. I really don't know the answer to that. But there's some great little toy shops in there. They do Twining's Tea in one particular uh, place as well. Um, it's well worth going looking. And it's well worth looking at. Um, in fact, that's the other thing as well. Um, there's one shop that's full of Doctor Who, Downton Abbey, and Beatles merchandise. Um, so it, it really is the most stereotypical store in the world. <laughs> um, I have to say, the Doctor Who store, I remember when they started bringing stuff in, it was literally one rack of t-shirts, and now it has blown into Impressive. half of a store. And actually, um, there's stuff in there that I haven't even seen in this country uh, that you can get. So it's well worth having a look at. There's also a really nice jewelry store yes. back by the um, back by British Revolution. Uh, my wife is a fan of their Celtic Mickey series. Yeah. Um, very, very high quality, but very reasonable prices. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage ladies to go take a look and gentlemen, uh, take note. <laughs> yes. To look the other way. Take note. There's two places to eat here. The Rose and Crown Pub and Dining Room, which is right on the lake front. It's a good place to be able to watch the fireworks from. If you can get yourself a reservation early enough to be able to stay at that table for illuminations, it is a good place to watch. The food in there, I, again, I can't really... Um, 
comment on because I've looked at it and gone, I can make that at home and I eat it every week. I was going to say, I was trying not to ask the stereotypical question. <laughs> no, no. How genuinely <laughs> how familiar are you all with the menu for pretty Rose much, and Crown? Pretty much everything in there is stuff that I would quite regularly eat at home. Um, so, but it is, I will say this, I've not personally eaten there, but I've got plenty of friends who have so, nine times out of ten a positive review. I'm just going to uh, take a look now at what the current menu is for I, the I know that Crown. One of the one of the menu items that wasn't on there, and I don't know if it's still, it's on there yet, but one of the most popular dishes in the UK at the moment is chicken tikka masala, which is an Indian dish. Yeah. Although it's an Englified Indian dish. And I believe they got everything from bangers and mash to shepherd's pie. Right, so the, this is what we've got here then. At this moment in time, we've got fish and chips bangers and mash there's a cottage pie which to give you an instance i had that this evening for dinner uh there's a scottish salmon a strongbow cider braised corned beef there is an indian style chicken masala and there's a oh, that's on pie, so it is on there now yeah uh on there and then your desserts you've got a jaffa tart a banoffee tart a sticky toffee pudding a warm chocolate bread and butter pudding as well um so yeah mm. the the menu is is you know pretty much what you would expect. They really should add fish uh, fish fingers and custard fish to that menu. Fish fingers and custard should be good. <laughs> now, the food in here, from what I've heard, is, is supposed to be very good, but of course, if you're British and you're listening to this, you're not going to want to go and eat there. Um, but I, I want to now give you a warning. The Yorkshire County Fish Shop, ladies and gentlemen, keep away. Okay? These, the, I, I, and I'm being genuinely serious. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go and give, <sighs> give this a try and see what I think of this. It is the worst fish and chips I have ever eaten in my life. They are horrendous. And see, expensive. I thought the chips were good, but I'm not a big fish no, person. No, no. I, you see, bear in mind knowing what our chip shops are like and the sort of fish and chips you can get over here. Theirs reminds me, and the, the, the best sort of analogy I can give you is what you used to get in the school canteen at lunchtime, but worse. Well, that, that doesn't really do it for me because I might have had good ones. You might have done. Ours wasn't. But the chips, are, they, are these soggy chips or the dry they're, chips? They're like, you know the, the chips you get in a, a greasy cafe late at night after you've been out clubbing? And they're not the best chips. They've quite clearly, they're frozen and they've just been thrown in a fryer. They're yeah, not proper, they sound good. They're not proper fish and chip chips at all. And there's always a massive queue for it as well. And you're like, no, people, get away. It needs <laughs> to be sorted out. I can't, I can't stand it. But, um, you know, but it's, it's a different experience. It is a different experience, yeah. It is a different experience, and, you know, if you've not experienced it before, you, you can. But if you're British, you listen to this, don't bother. Honestly, <laughs> do not bother. Um, right, that's as we finish dissing our own country. Uh, and we're going to we move on. We could go on further. We could go, we could go on a lot, a lot longer. Um, let's move on then. Uh, we're going to go past the International Gateway because there's a huge amount of International Gateway, which is the rear entrance to Epcot. You can kind of uh, get a boat or walk to sort of Hollywood Studios uh, from there as well. And the next, you can one, all, um, it's a good way if you're staying at the Boardwalk yes. or Yacht and Beach Club. A, uh, it opens you up to it's it's really maybe a five minute walk. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. some great restaurants over there some great uh, after hours activities there's uh, some bars and clubs so it's really it, it, i know i enjoy going to other resorts even outside of the parks that i'm not staying at and those two are great options as well yes they are definitely i'm not this is going out of epcot and i apologize for this but have you ever been to jelly rolls i have never been to jelly rolls 
I'm I'm trying to find something that's been in jelly rolls because my I'm coming up with a predicament here, right? I imagine this place is open very late. It is. It is. And how do I get back to my hotel via a Disney transportation service? You will need to go from I would guess from Boardwalk to Downtown Disney, Downtown Disney to home. That is correct. Right, okay. So there is a bus service from like, Boardwalk. If you're like me and um, I rent a car normally, so I've, yeah. uh, I'll park at that resort. If I know I'm going to be there during the day, I'll park at the mm-hmm. resort, go and walk from there to Epcot. Yeah, and then, and then the cart right yeah, they don't. Disney doesn't usually smile on that practice, so yeah. So uh, it's not official practice, but a lot of us have done it in the past. Yeah, I don't know who might be from your group might be uh, renting a car or anything when they arrive, but it is a good mm-hmm. option. Yeah, a jelly roll is supposed to be very good. It's one of those things that we've I've always said I, I should do and never really had the time time to do it yet. But it's one of those things I really want to do. Yeah, you must spend too much time sleeping then. Clearly, far too much time sleeping. Uh, right, let's move uh, back into World Showcase. We're coming back into the park. Um, let's go to France. And uh, in France, you've got one uh, sort of attraction, which is another uh, show. This is called Impressions de France. It is a 20-minute journey through the French countryside. Um, it is not Circle Vision. You sit in a French no, theatre. You do sit in a French theatre. And you know what? It's not a bad little show. Uh, again, it's... it's I suppose we're we're in a situation that we can hop over to France in about five hours from here, from where I am. I know you're further north, Alan, but yeah, um, I can get to France from here. I can get to Disneyland Paris from my house in about eight and a half hours. So, going to France and seeing this film, it's kind of like oh, I can go and do that at home. So it's not one that I would necessarily rush for. But it's, if I go to France, it. I'm going to eat. Yes, yeah. well, yeah. If we go to France, it's it, you know I walk past the impressions of France. And I'm off to the boulangerie and the patisserie, and that's where I shall stay. Um, um, I will also say there's some great entertainment out on the street. You've got the um, server amusant, haven't you? Servers amusant, yes. That's one of those my wife and I walked up on, and we figured, eh, we'll see if it's any good, and it's pretty good. It is funny. Yeah, it is really good. It's a good a good little show. It's, again, something that people don't necessarily know exists. Uh, Sunday through Tuesday, then Friday and Saturday, they perform around six times a day. It's about 20 minutes in length. Uh, but it's well worth seeing if you've not seen it before. You also get... I also lots- recommend hitting up the ice cream shop that yes. just opened. Yes, yes, yes. Um, this is the problem I have when we come to, to France, that we actually end up just buying lots of food. We buy cake and... <laughs> Usually there's wine involved and ice cream um, and all of that sort of stuff. We actually were really lucky. We managed to get to France just before Illuminations last time. Managed to get a table on the water side and we managed to eat ice cream and cake and wine and watch Illuminations, which was very rare to be able to get that close. Um, but Sounds it's good. The, um, the uh, Latissan de Glace, as they call it, is the ice cream and sorbet place. That's fantastic. Really good stuff. Um, I recommend the coconut white chocolate. Yes. Do you know, I, I could literally spend all day here. In fact, do you know what? We have done this before. Craig, who some of you may know, who's been on the show before, we have actually been off and done attractions while leaving our wives to sit and drink wine in front and come back <laughs> and they're still drinking wine in France um, and we haven't even come on to the fact that you can drink around World Showcase yet and we'll come to that at some point no doubt But um, I was going to say are we, are we going to pass the um, Grand Marnier orange slush yeah no <laughs> well we've, we've already well there's just the, the amount you can drink around the world is unreal you've got the Grand Marnier there you've got your um, margaritas over in Mexico you've got you have got some beers in uh, the United Kingdom that are good um, the I would the beers in Germany uh 
are huge. Um, you can basically drink your way around the world if you wanted to. Um, but th this is the place to eat. If you want, if you're looking for something to snack on, uh, France is the place to go without shadow of a doubt. And that's fair yeah. to say, isn't it? Chris used to always go to the, um, the uh, patisserie. What was it called? It's it's called uh, La Halle now. I think they call it. Right. Okay. But it's been absolutely um, updated uh, in the past year and a half or so. Yeah, yeah, it's now on the. It's when you come out of the theater from the show. Yeah. It opens up and now it's back there and they have a hugely expanded menu. Really pretty good for quick service. Yeah. yeah Chris used to tell a story that um, he would go in there, his wife would grab a table and he would come out with a big tray of cakes and stuff. And then you'd sit down and you'd go, right, okay, thanks for saving the table. It's your turn to go in now. Yeah. <laughs> you really could eat a lot of stuff in there. He, he would just eat a, a ton of cakes and, you know. You, you could spend all day just sampling all the stuff, but yeah. you feel like you've got to just sample bits and move on. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's actually, before now, and this is something that we've done, I've had a load of snack credits left from a free dining plan that we had, and we literally went and ate around World Showcase and just picked things from different countries and found some great stuff just by doing that. Great idea. Mm, it's really, really, really tasty. Um, let's talk about tasty food. Let's head over into Morocco. Morocco is very much a kind of experiential pavilion. There's no attractions in here. They have got a great marketplace out the back. You can find all sorts of really great stuff uh, from rugs to ornaments, all sorts of bits and pieces. You've got. Can a... you genuinely buy the rugs? Yeah, then? yeah, no, you genuinely can. You can buy them and have them shipped, yeah. Um, and believe well, it or not, those, are, those rugs are not the most expensive things in World Showcase. No, they're really not. We'll get oh, to right. when remind me when we get to Germany. Okay, yeah, there's some very <laughs> expensive stuff in Germany. Um, so you've got restaurant Marrakesh, which is it does beef, lamb, and chicken uh, meals mostly. There is uh, I've never been, so I've never seen the live belly dancing show that goes on in there. I've, it, I've been. You've been? Is it? How do you find it? Um, I didn't get to see the live belly dancing show either. Oh, it oh. didn't happen while we were having our meal. Oh, okay. Which was the whole reason why I went there. And that sounds wrong. Um, <laughs> And, but we also had a dodgy table where we were stuck by the fire exit as though we were just squeezed in. So it, yeah, I can't say it was a good meal. Okay, fair enough. I've never really fancied it that much, to be honest. We've got Spice Road Table, I've never, which is... So I've I got, never eaten at any of the Moroccan restaurants, but I've heard good. I've heard better things about Marrakesh, mm -hmm. and I've heard, I have not heard positive about Spice Road Table, and that's the new one. That's been there about a year or so now, I would think. Um, yeah, it's had... Very much mixed reviews. Now, I believe that Spice Road Table is externally owned, isn't it? It's not owned by Disney. It is, and a lot of people uh, say it's overpriced. Yes, so I understand. I can speak highly of Tangerine Cafe. Uh, their chicken and lamb shawarmas in there are great. It's basically a posh way of saying kebab. That sounds good. Um, it's that I really enjoyed the kebabs that we had there last time, um, and eating the kebab as I walked around World Showcase. It was one of those things that we bought as part of snack credits or stuff, uh, and enjoyed a, a a good kebab from uh, Tangerine Cafe. But the food is good there. It's also good to walk around and have a look at what's going on in there. It's also the place where you will meet Aladdin and Jasmine. They will find them in the uh, marketplace out towards um, Restaurant Marrakesh as well, um, and they do have some uh, folk music that often plays during the day now i think is it am i right in thinking mo rockin's now gone 
and they've been replaced. correct. They were uh, they left the same time off kilter did. Right. Okay. So they've left, and there's now a new sort of folk band that have, have gone in. Uh, it, it's not sort of the music that I would often stop and listen to, but it's the sort of thing that you listen to as you're walking around and seeing what is going yeah. on. It's well, very traditional. Cool where yeah. Mor- where Moroccan was like off kilter and the up, it, it threw in that rock and roll type thing. Uh, this is all traditional Moroccan music. Okay. Um, so that's your Morocco. Uh, just um, because I know that Adam likes to pronounce these things. Go on. What's the name of the uh, the band? <laughs> oh, uh, Benet Al Huari Yati. Yeah, that's close enough. Benet that's better than I would have. Benet <laughs> Al Huari Yati. That's who it is, you see. Yeah. No, 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 no. Right, Japan then. Let's move on to Japan and uh, say Origato as we enter. And to the location which is uh, majority restaurants and uh, there is uh, a big store in here as well. Uh, again, it's another place that I don't think I've eaten a huge amount in. You've got Tepanedo and Tokyo Dining that are two uh, table service restaurants. Uh, you've got Katsura Grill and Kabuki Cafe that are in there as well. Um, the, the shaved ice in Kabuki Cafe, actually, I must admit, is pretty good. I have done that before now and had the sushi from there. Uh, but that's about it, really. I don't think I've done much else inside Japan. I'm trying to think what else I may have done. They there. have a sake tasting Okay. in the back of the pavilion. If, so if you've never tried sake, uh, definitely recommend that. And I do like teppanetto. It's a hibachi-style uh, meal and quite entertaining as well. Okay, fair yeah. enough. And they do have a great exhibition uh, inside uh, Japan as well, don't they? Is it still the toys and things like that, that they've got down there, or have they changed that now? It's it's, it's uh, there's stuff, a lot of toys. There's a lot of traditional Japanese uh, uh, clothing that yeah. they will sell in there that's handcrafted, and the, the the store is worth walking through. And they have a a kiosk of Japanese snacks that you can buy. That's right. Like think like your bag of Cheetos or something, but it's all traditional from japan so it, it's it's kind of like club cool you're not entirely sure what you're always going to get yeah it's, yeah it's very very true but it's worth going to have a look around there and have a look at that particular pavilion but it's it's yeah. there's not it's not a sort of pavilion you're going to spend a long time seeing there um now they had the japanese drummers which i'm not sure they've still no they have haven't they They've still got the t- uh, the Teco drummers in there as well. Then Monday to Thursday and Saturday, they again do about six or seven performances in a day. It's about 15 minutes. But again, they're well worth seeing if it's something you're interested in, in doing. Oh, the drummers? Yeah, the drummers are I find them to be really quite a great entertainment. And you really can't miss them either. They, uh, they're they pretty loud. Um, yeah, so they're well not, not so good if you've got a hangover. Yeah, not, not good for hangovers, but they're well worth seeing if you go in there. Um, what I was going to say is, you, you mentioned the, um, the the exhibition of the toys, yes, um, which is sort of really hidden in the back of the pavilion. Yeah, very, very. You go over go over a little bridge into a, a big giant doorway, and it it's one of these things that a lot of people never spot. Um, well, it's one of the it, things it, that Disney don't necessarily advertise on a lot on their their park maps either. Yeah, we we haven't got it written on the park map we're going through at the moment. And it, w- it was quite a surprising little thing. I think it was Toys and Manga, I think, at the time. Yes, I think it is. I think mm-hmm. that's what it is at the moment. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's quite a nice little find to keep you going there. But the, as, um, as Mark mentioned, the, the shop itself is, is, is like Aladdin's cave of interesting artifacts. Yes. Yeah, it really is. It's got a pill shop as well. Oh, has it? 
Yeah, you can get um, fresh pills from the uh, main store. Okay. You know, where you, you you sort of you don't die for the oyster, but you get an oyster and you yeah. you cut it out and you you pay a lot of money probably. Yeah, most probably. Um, okay, let's move on to what is I suppose the the main icon and the biggest building within World Showcase, and this is the American Adventure. Uh, it's got one attraction, two restaurants, well, restaurants, dining areas. Um, you've got Liberty Inn, which is a very traditional kind of American fare with the, the stuff that you will get in there. Um, you've also got the Fife and Drum Tavern, which does those horrendous turkey legs. Is the Fife and Drum Tavern also the place where you can get... Um, oh, I've forgotten. They've just got out of my head what you call them. The Red Funnel Stag cakes. Lemonade. The... What, sorry? The Red Stag Lemonade. They have got Red Stag Lemonade. That is true. No, it's, uh, it's those battered things that they stick in a front. Funnel cake. Funnel cake. That's Funnel cakes, yes. Funnel cake. For the life of me, I could not remember what it was. Funnel cake that you can get there as well. In, in, incidentally, before you go any further, Adam, hmm. Mark, what's your take on turkey legs? Do you like them or hate them? I like them. My wife despises them. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, yeah. Can't. Out of everyone that we've talked to in this series, you're the only one that's actually liked them. I haven't had one yet. I will try one. Just don't, to... No, don't do it. It's just wrong. I think you can feed a family of three on one turkey leg. Um, <laughs> I just find them. I just think they're good. Okay. Each I mean, it's. Uh, I'm sure there's. There, uh, I'm sure there's more to them than I'm aware of. But I'm just going to blissfully be ignorant <laughs> on this one. <laughs> Fair enough. That works absolutely fine. And then uh, the main part of the American Adventure Pavilion is the American Adventure show itself. 30-minute attraction. It's audio animatronic. Um, and it tells you... It basically talks about the, the, the history of America and how it became what it has become. Um, this is a bit of a love it or hate it. A lot of people kind of like, oh, bored of it. It's too long. Don't like it. My wife's not a fan. Um, Alan, what about you? I like it. I think it's quite a good attraction. It's Technology-wise, it's quite cool. Yeah. Um, but also the fact that it sort of elaborates on a story, um, and it keeps me entertained for the half hour that it's on. Um, it, what about you, Mark? I enjoy it. It's not one I hit every single time. However, it's it's one I do enjoy, and if, if I'm going to go see it, I'm making a point for it. Yeah. Normally, when I'm there, uh, if you're there early enough, you can catch the Voices of Liberty, oh, which wow. is I wouldn't say it. I don't want to say a pre-show because it really does disservice to the to the talent to the musical talent. Yeah. Um, but they they do perform before each showing of the of the audio animatronic show in the rotunda, and they are an all acapella group that sing traditional American music and they are incredible they really are I, you know i will i will spend time in the the lobby of the american adventure just to see voices of liberty and won't then necessarily go into the attraction until later and the good thing about voice of liberty is that they their actual repertoire is so big that they don't necessarily do the same concert twice you can see them a few times during the day and get different things um the the quality of their performance is absolutely astonishing and uh, for those of you who like them they actually have albums that you can buy um which i've got a couple of now they're you know i'm not patriotic in an american sense whatsoever but even their version of the star spangled banner gives me goosebumps a lot of their stuff gives goosebumps i mean they are incredibly incredibly talented they really, really um are. even if that's not normally your thing i still encourage you to check yeah. it out just because yeah definitely it's so well done. And I've got a, a kind of a, 
a newfound appreciation of the American Adventure uh, show as well. From a few years ago, I, I was lucky enough to do the Backstage Magic Tour. And one of the things they do on that tour is that they take you down below the uh, stage and they actually show you how they put the show together and the size of this train almost that you can call it that uh, takes all of the scenes backwards and forwards in order for the show to work and it is genuinely phenomenal at the the (laughs) scale of the production and how they make this whole thing work so you know I like the show anyway but I have this newfound appreciation for just the level of technology that's needed in order for this attraction to work it is amazing absolutely amazing how they do that um, so that's the American Adventure Pavilion. Uh, moving back into Europe, then we're heading over to Italy. Hang on a oh, go on. Because it's we're going into summer. Yeah. What I want to talk about is the Sounds Like Summer series that's going to be point. starting. Yes, feel free. Um, at the American Gardens Theatre, which is outside the American Adventure Theatre. Yeah. I dare say this term. Um, they're going to be having a lot of bands on over the summer, mm-hmm. and um, as what we normally do on the Disney Brit Show, we like to name out all those bands and that everyone's heard of yeah and luckily because these are tribute acts we're more likely to have heard of them yes whereas sometimes we haven't so what we've got coming over this sounds like summer is dsb which is a tribute to journey that's going to be on the june the 7th to the 13th we've got to you which is a tribute to you too june the 14th to the 20th we've got mike delgaides and Big Shot, which is a tribute to Billy Joel, of course, uh, which is June 21st to the 26th. We've got Don't Look Back, which is a tribute to Boston, June 27th to the July the 4th. Oh, no, good. How good am I at this? You what? How good am I at this? I know who they all are. You're doing well, to be honest. Yeah. you got Fire and Ice, which is a tribute to uh, Pat... Ben, I don't know how to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> Benetton. So. Benetton, there you go. Um, July 5th to the 11th, we've got Staying Alive, which is a tribute oh, to the... Obviously the Beatles. Uh, Bee Gees, yeah. Beatles, of course. The Beatles. The Beatles. <laughs> um, and the Beatles Telef- go back to United Kingdom. That's right. Yeah. They're, they're sneaking back around. Um, and we've also got Hotel California, which is a, a salute to... The Eagles. Yeah, which is uh, July 19th to the 25th. I'm going to be there for the um, Don't Stop Believing or DSB okay. gig, which should be fun. So you're going to um, that, yeah? But I'm going to... All those groups tend to be pretty good, from what I heard. They usually yeah. seem to be, yeah. I, I can remember we went one year, and it was just starting. We must always go around the same sort of time. Actually, I was there for July the 4th once, so yeah. Um, and I think it was a tribute to Boston on that day as well. Um, but I would have thought that all these bands would have been more American-based bands being in the American part of the pavilion. Mm. Whereas, um, obviously, U2 isn't. No. I don't know where the other ones are based. Or BGs, that's not American, BGs, is it? Uh, well, they lived in America, but they were English. But... They were from Massachusetts. Or go. Liverpool. Or somewhere like that. <laughs> okay, let's, let's go to Italy. Uh, now okay. we've done the full history of the BGs. Um, Italy uh, is another pavilion that is uh, food and merchandise rather than any sort of attractions that are there themselves. Inside Italy, you've got the Tutto Italia restaurant. You've also got the Tutto Italia wine cellar, uh, which um, 
is kind of for wines and cheeses, if I remember rightly. And then you've got Via Napoli in there as well. So there you're three. Via Napoli is delicious. I love Via Napoli. My wife loves the waiters. <laughs> and from the bedroom i got oh hush so there you go <laughs> yeah um, i must admit i'm a big viennapoli fan i really really enjoy the pizza there alan have you eaten in viennapoli yet um i've been into viennapoli but i didn't eat the pizza okay fair enough and um, um, just went to the loo instead yeah well i've eaten in viennapoli a few times i've not eaten in tutto italia or, or been to the wine cellar i must admit don't know either, either tutto italia is i've heard very very good things especially if you like fresh cheese okay uh, fresh and cheese the wine sounds good. there's there's a store over there next to the wine bar uh we we picked up a bottle of wine that uh, disney made oh, wow. and I, i'm not I'm not a big wine drinker. Um, I'm, I'm getting more into it as I guess as I get older. But it was pretty good, and again, very reasonably priced. Okay. Okay. So a bottle of and Disney at, Italian uh, wine. Disney Italian wine, yeah. And at uh, Via Napoli, I've had the pizza. The pizza is delicious. I love the pizza. But the um, the arancini was delicious. That was an appetizer we had. And then um, the pork was delicious as well. Okay, because I've heard mixed things from people with regards to non-pizza products from Tutto Italia. Some people have said that they weren't a massive fan of those particular things. Um, but the pizza, you know, we had a, a, a meter pizza between five of us, I think it was. And it was more than enough for us to Oh, easily. Those pizzas are massive. Are you eating there at all, Alan? No, I haven't, I haven't had anything to eat there. Okay. So um, the other thing I can um, recommend as well uh, from the desserts menu is the it's called the Zapole de Caterina, I think it is, which is um, cheese fritters, which you dip in chocolate. Oh, I've never had that. I don't think really I've ever even heard good. of those, but they sound good. They are really, really good. We were pleasantly surprised when we had them, and we were like, okay, I really quite like those a lot. But when you, when you say cheese, do you mean like real cheese or yeah, like no, no, real, cream like, cheese? No, no, like real cheese. And they're, they're kind of like fritters almost, and um, they, they fry them, and then you can dip them in, in like a chocolate sauce. But the other good thing about us, uh, Vian Apple as well, is they'll happily allow you to take away pizza if you don't finish it too. So I think we went once, and then we went to a concert in the evening, and then I They'll have pizza left over, and I was able to eat it afterwards rather than throw it away. Even during busy season, they'll have a pizza window where you can walk up and order yes. pizza by the slice. Yeah, so if you don't fancy... So I, I would suggest, Alan, that you go and buy yourself a slice from Viennapoli. I've got a feeling I'm just going to be good. picking out all time. Yeah, well, that's the whole point of World Showcase. You're just supposed to pick out. The food's all really, really good in there. Um, okay, uh, Germany then. Let's head over to... Oh, we haven't mentioned... Actually, before we move on, we haven't mentioned any of the entertainment that you find in Italy. You've got Sergio. Uh, he is uh, a juggler that you'll find in there, um, which is Sunday to Thursday, and he performs about six times a day. It's about 20 minutes in length. Um, and then, Alan, isn't there a flag-waving show? Do you remember what the uh, flag-throwing show... Do you remember what they're called? Yeah, he was... Uh, he's called... Spandiatore di San Sepulcro. <laughs> <laughs> They were better than I expected that them to be. So I've never seen this. I don't know who they They're are. They're brand new. They're okay. again, they, when Disney kind of overhauled the entertainment with when they got rid of Off Kilter and everything, yeah. they got rid of the World Showcase players and um, uh, well, what was the name of the other group that was over in Italy? Okay. Uh, I can't remember what they're called either, but I know who you're on about. It was, it was a, a bunch of Zidi women. Sisters. The Zidi sisters. Yeah, that's yes. it. And uh, they 
they brought in this group, and I was, I was, I'll be straight up, I was very skeptical about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we were, when I was down there a couple weeks ago, getting some uh, from the flower and garden food booths, they weren't bad. I really kind of thought it would be more, eh, but it wasn't. They were, they were actually decently entertaining. Okay. It doesn't sound exciting, does it? No. Flag throwing show. No, it doesn't. It it, it makes me think kind of like. Well, I don't know if you'll get the reference, but during halftime at football games over here in the states, yeah. you'll have your marching band and your flag throwers, kind of like that, but take it up a few notches. Much more, much more skilled. Okay, fair enough. That's fine. Um, let's move on then to Germany, and uh, this is uh, a gr- this is where we find, I, I believe one of the most expensive items in the whole of Walt Disney, a whole of Epcot, which is? The castle that is gem studded with priceless gems and whatnot. I want to say it's 37000 It's something around there. It's ridiculously expensive. And the chance of anybody ever going to buy it. I asked once how many times they had sold them. They've sold about half a dozen. Wow, I wonder if they go up in value. Um, I would assume it must do it. That's cool. Oh, or do they just keep blasting the dust off them? Price. Uh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> this is one of those things, you mentioned it earlier, that Disney offers the, they'll take it back to your room for you yes. at no cost. Yeah. This is one of those I would use that option on because if they drop it, it's on them. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They, said, they did say they had one guy come in and buy it and then carry it out himself. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Massive props to him because I wouldn't have that kind of guts. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I wouldn't either. J- just before he went on a test track as well. <laughs> so you've got, you've got the uh, obviously the store in there that you can buy really expensive things from. You've also got the Caramel Kucha store, which is um, delicious. It's just basically everything smothered in Werther's original caramel. It's the only Werther's original store where they actually do the stuff right there in front of you in the United States. So so there are other Werther's original stores in the United States? Uh, It's one of the... I think they're like one of the three or four. Okay. Right. It's very very limited and it's a great... You mentioned at the end of your vacation you have snack credits left in your dining plan. The caramel corn is a great option to burn those on because they pack easy and they will last a few days once you get home. There you go. There's a little tip for you. Uh, I've never bought anything from here. We've been in, uh, but I've not actually bought anything. My dad always goes in here and buys chocolate. I don't quite know why he buys chocolate from Germany when we go to Germany, but he always buys chocolate. Um, I've got to say something. It's usually milk, which you can buy in England. I don't understand. Anyway. You've you've enlightened me. I always thought that Werther's... It was like a, a Yorkshire-based sweet factory. No, it's clearly not. It's true. Because the, ad, the advert on the TV looks like a... That is true. A grandpa and a kid yeah. eating the sweets. And it's yeah. like... I don't know what the accent of the voice is on the advert, but it, to me it's always like... It's like, hey, oh, eat Werther's Originals. They're lovely. <laughs> yeah. It is a little bit like that. I must admit, you are, you are right. But, uh, they, like they come from There's Germany. There's also... A- a really nice Christmas store in Germany as well, and um, if you're a, if you're a big fan of beers, they have a shop full of beer steins that you can buy. Yes, they have, and um, again, must, just something a little uniquely different. And I must say that the beer in uh, Germany is pretty good as well. Having tried have you ever that. been to beer garden? No, never been in. Uh, German food is not particularly a, a craving of mine. 
So I haven't. Is anybody else? I have. I'm been. not a big. I ate once mostly because my mom likes German food. Okay. Um, but again, it's it is an all you care to eat family style yeah. buffet. The entertainment in there is pretty cool. They, yeah. They've been a nice. That's a traditional German band. Um, if you're ever thinking of proposing, good a good place to do it. They, they get involved with it. Okay, that's good to know. We we kind of have these Oktoberfest kind of events in the UK, to be honest. So it's kind of like it doesn't necessarily draw me to something that's unique because I get to experience it in the UK in different ways and stuff. But I know we've got it in our town. I'm just um, looking at the menu here because I'll be honest. I've I've been toying with the idea of it. It sounds fun. I like the idea of these giant glasses of beer. I like the idea of eating sausages. I like the idea of an umpire band. I think it sounds, you know, it's, it's going to be great fun. But at the same time, the the food itself doesn't necessarily excite us. So I've, I've the family has been sort of toying with this. Yeah, we're the same. Now I'm, I'm the one that's pushing it. But look, look at the, the menu. You've got German sausages, bratwurst, yeah. pork schnitzel, yeah. meatballs, white fish, rotisserie chicken. Sounds like a meat feast. There's a meat platter. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much German specialty is meat, isn't it, really? And the sides, sauerkraut, red cabbage, seasonal veg. Yeah. You know, that, that, you can have a, a starter of cabbage salad. Yeah. You can have you can have the worst salad. I'll be all right, I think. I, I, might, I might do it. I'll do it for a laugh. Within Oktoberfest, uh, they do have the musicians that play. They play uh, about seven or eight times during the day. Starts just after lunchtime, about 1.15, and then the show runs about 25 minutes. Um, the other thing you can experience while you're there is Snow White. She does hang around by the wishing well out there, and it's the meet and greet location for Snow White there. Okay, we're nearly all the way around World Showcase. Moving on to China. Uh, China does have uh, one show. It's a 360-degree show, which is all about, uh, obviously, China. You've got two locations you can eat in there. The Nine Dragons Restaurant, which is a uh, sit-down uh, location, table service restaurant. And you have the Lotus Blossom Cafe. Um, I can't say I've eaten in Nine Dragons, but I have um, bought several times the egg rolls from Lotus Blossom Cafe. Because I do quite enjoy those. Has anybody else eaten in Nine Dragons? Oh, we no. have not. No, no, nobody's eaten in Nine, Dra Nine Dragons. Uh, Reflections of China. Really cool fact about Reflections of China. You get the temple that you, know, you go into just before you uh, enter the, uh, the the sort of film area. One thing to do: stand smack bang in the middle, right on the spot in the middle of um, the temple, and talk. And it is acoustically perfect. Because as you speak, you will hear your own voice come back in your ears. It's a really weird um, It's really effect, cool. But it's really, really cool. So if you've never done that, give it a go. We always go in there and get everybody to do it. But you can. It, it's just the most bizarre experience. It sounds like you're stood next to yourself talking to yourself because acoustically it's so perfect in the centre. Adam talking to himself. Yeah. Do it Says it all. Yeah, doesn't it just? Uh, when was the last time anyone watched Reflections of China? Never seen it. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen it. I I've been in the shop back there, which is really cool. Yeah, I've been in the shop, but I don't know whether I've seen it either. Wow. Um, my my confession is that I tend to have always missed China out, and I, I don't know why. I don't I don't know why I've never been in to see any of the exhibitions or anything that is there. It's a nice place. But I've to just go. walked past it. 
It's a nice place to go. You've got the Jewel Dragon Acrobats in there as well. They perform uh, five times a day, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, it's about a 20-minute show. And also in China, you can meet um, Mulan. She's there around uh, five or six times a day as well. Um, okay, let's move on to the most controversial pavilion uh, that currently exists, and that is Norway. Uh, Norway, also known as Frozen. Also known as Frozen Land, yeah. So you've got the Princess Storybook Dining at Kersha's Royal Banquet Hall. Uh, that is a, obviously a, a table service location in which um, you will get to meet a lot of the Disney princesses. They have a mixture of American and Norwegian cuisine. Alan, I want to say you've either eaten here or are planning on eating here or something like that. Yeah, I've, I've been here. I went here for for a character breakfast. Um, it, is, it is quite cool, the fact that you can get into the World Showcase before Early, yeah. everyone else gets yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, this is obviously before half the Norway Pavilion got hoarded up. Yeah. That sounds so wrong, that. It was hoarded. <laughs> um, but, yeah, great great um, atmosphere inside the, the, the restaurant itself, and you get a lot of interaction with Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and my daughter did too. There we go. That's good. There is no. It's, I would say that I think the breakfast there is better than lunch and dinner. Breakfast tends to be more of your traditional foods, yes. and dinner is much more traditional Norwegian foods. And it's believe it or not, it's some of the more out there f- food options that you would experience around World Showcase. Um, definitely take a look at the menu before you uh, make a reservation, especially if kids are picky eaters in the family. Yeah. You've got the Kringler Bakery next door. I've got to say I've eaten in the Kringler Bakery a few times. got some really good pastries and things in there, which is well worth a look. I recommend school bread and the cloudberry corn. There we go. So there's two recommendations there. There is a store towards the back next to where Maelstrom was. Um, it has a lot of Helly Hansen clothing and things like that in it. Very expensive, just to warn you. Um, but uh, it is uh, has got, I think, a bit of Frozen merchandise appearing in there as well now, isn't it? I'm sure it yeah. has. I say of course. You can probably get the DVD, the, the Blu-ray. Yeah, the whole lot. No, the, all in Norway. The Stave Church is still there. And yes. uh, I noticed that's the music we have playing in it the background, indeed, which yes. is a great piece. Um, where is that? But also, take a look around over there, and then you'll, you'll see the area where they're building the frozen meet and greet. Yeah. It's all boarded up, um, and they've cleared all the land. But at least they're going to redo the attraction. I'm hearing that soft opening for the the new attraction is supposed to be late this year okay so they're 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 not wasting any time no they're they're not going to uh, waste any time again that open at all uh the stave church area and the stave church itself is actually really nice to go into and look around it's currently got a a frozen exhibition in there which talks about the sort of um, how it fits in with the real norway um but um how it tenuously fits in tenuously links with that but do go and take a look at that, and uh, the Stave Church is uh, very well uh, created. Having been to Norway and been in a Stave Church, they've done a very good job on on uh, how they've recreated that, so that's really good. We move on to our final pavilion then, and we're all the way around World Showcase, and we are now inside the Mexico Pavilion. So uh, what is going on inside there? It's, uh, it looks like a temple. You go inside the temple, and it's supposed to be Mexico at night. You've got the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Cableros. You've got the San Angel Inn Restaurant. Uh, La Hacienda de San Angel and the Cantina de San Angel are around as well, although not necessarily inside. You've got the La Cava de Tequila area as well, which has got more than 
200 tequilas and handcrafted margaritas inside as well. I must admit, it's a nice pavilion. I think this is possibly one of my favourite pavilions for, for theming um, out of all of the ones that there is. Yeah. Um, I think they do something absolutely amazing here, which they haven't done in any of the other pavilions. And I would like this to be, to a certain extent, what they do with um, Avatar Land. Yeah. As, as in you go in and you actually feel as though you're, you sort of feel as though you're outdoors and it is nighttime. Yes. And it is it is a, a very big open space rather than you feel like you're going into a little shop and it does feel like an like a open courtyard. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's nice, I wanna inside, nice to see. I want to say if you, if you like, if you're looking for a good snack, La Cava has the best chips and queso anywhere on Disney. And the tequila is amazing. Uh, tequila flights cost me twenty dollars. Right. Um, very uh, first time I'd ever had tequila, and it was three different shots, each in varying strengths. Yeah. And it, uh, the the cast members in there are incredibly friendly. It's very small in there, um, yeah. so you you can't bring in a big group. And if it's really busy, don't don't be surprised to see a line forming to get in. Right. I've got to admit, I've never been in there for drinks or snacks, mm -hmm. um, or have I touched any of the restaurants in there, inside the pavilion. I, I tend to have gone in, shuffled around the market square, done the rides, and then left. I've, again, not eaten inside the restaurant either. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever eaten in any of them. We've eaten at the quick service that's outside, but we have not eaten in any of either of the table service no. locations. And I think always we, the reason we've never eaten in them is because we usually start with Mexico and make our way around. When we meet Mexico, it's usually at a time when it's not quite lunchtime or dinner time or anything like that. So we've never sort of made it to that particular location. We have, on the other hand, been on the Grand Fiesta tour starring the three Caballeros. So this is a boat ride that's supposed to take you on the sights and sounds of Mexico. Um, it's a new incarnation of what used to be called El Rio del Tempo. It is designed that you go through the attraction and you come across the three Caballeros as we go through. And um, it's, it's, it's kind of like Mexico meets it's a small world, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. Uh, again, it doesn't normally have a queue. If you're going to go on this attraction, the wait time's pretty short. It's a nice little attraction. Again, it's not a groundbreaking, wonderful, amazing sort of attraction, but it's quite a nice little one to do. I dare say I think the original was better, but this is it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's certainly one to take a ride on. Yeah. I've got to say, because of the, the lack of rides in Wheel Showcase, I think it's one of those rides that I would do, but to me, it's... It's like it's a small world, and it's a small world isn't really the most gripping ride for me. No, I, I just feel I feel it. It's like I'm there. I've got to do it. Yeah, it's it's. I, I know what through you a mean. greenhouse. Yeah, and I just feel like it's, it hasn't got it. hasn't got the the gripping aspect for me. No, no, I know what you mean. It, it's okay, but it's not amazing. Uh, live entertainment inside Mexico, you've got the Mariachi Cobra, who are um, obviously a mariachi band. They play um, Mondays, well, they play, I think, daily, don't they? And they do it about five or six times a week. They um, play daily, and they are the only entertainment that has been there since day one of, oh, wow. of, of Epcot. There we go, they've not gone anywhere. Well, their show's about 25 minutes in length. 
Um, you can also meet Mexico Donald uh, just by the side. They sort of built a meet and greet location for him. And he's there between about 12 and 3.15 and then 4.10 to 7.15 as well. Um, so you can go and meet him there too. Um, is that the whole of Epcot that we've been through? That is. Certainly, certainly feels like it. Wow. The only thing we have not touched on is Illuminations. Which we shall come to in a second. What we're going to do is take a very quick break. We shall return in a second where we're going to talk a little bit about uh, not only Illuminations, but also fast pass options that you get inside, uh, the, uh, inside Epcot. We shall return in one second. For the past 10 years, Orlando attraction tickets have been providing the UK with cheap Disney tickets for Walt Disney World and the surrounding Orlando attractions. With a low deposit scheme of just £10 per person, you can book your tickets in advance knowing you're in good hands. Orlando attraction tickets are the only ticket company to allow you to pay your balance off in instalments online and with no credit or debit card fees, free UK sign for delivery and you are fed FastPass Plus enabled tickets now shipping. There is no other choice for your Orlando ticketing needs than Orlando attraction tickets. Visit www.orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 8523. That's orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 8523. Gorge, howdy, this is your old pal Goofy, and no one's here right now to take your call, so <laughs> call back later or leave a message. Even better. <laughs> There you go. I had to sneak a bit of off-kilter in, even though they're not there you, anymore. You made my day. There we go. Bit of off-kilter in there. Of course we have to have off-kilter in. And um, now sneak the buzzsaws in, please. You want to sneak some buzzsaws in as well? No, I'm not doing that. It's not happening. Uh, right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Fast Passes then, and then we're going to finish off with the nighttime entertainment you find inside of Epcot. So... Uh, they kind of work a similar system here in Epcot as to what they do in Hollywood Studios where you get two different tiers. You kind of get Group A and Group B. And to give you the ideas of what the, the two are, your Group A's are Living With The Land, Soarin', Test Track and Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. So what I thought we would do before we um, we talk about what we would sort of choose as our, uh, our particular options, I thought it would be good maybe to go over to Alicia and uh, get what she has to say about your choices for Epcot. Here she is. Hi, this is Alicia from Pixie Vacations here to give you a couple of tips for your Fast Pass Plus uses in Epcot. My number one pick would be Soren or Test Track for your tier one choice. Soren is great for the entire family, both young and old. Test Track is a great pick for the thrill seekers of the group. As far as your tier two, I recommend Turtle Talk with Crush or the character meet and greet. I think these are both great ways to use your Fast Pass Plus choices. Um, definitely stay away from Figment and Captain EO. You can get into those rides anytime. My best advice is to get to the parks early 
And if you're not doing test track, then ride it first thing and vice versa with Soren because these are gonna be your most popular attractions. Thanks. There we go, that's Alicia from Pixie Vacations. And uh, obviously she mentioned Captain EO there, just a reminder, at the time we recorded those, Captain EO was still open and it is now closed. So uh, Alan, you've picked your fast passes for Epcot. What have you gone for? Right, okay, so just just run back through the, the tier system. So what's in tier one? Right, tier one, so group A, you've got Living with the Land, Soaring, Test Track and Illuminations. Okay, so in tier one, I've got Test Track. Okay. And in your tier two? You'll need to remind us what's in tier two. Uh, journey to the Imagination with Figment. Um, character, Epcot Character Spot. The Mission Space Green, Mission Space Orange, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, Spaceship Earth, and Turtle Talk with Crush. Right, okay. I think I've got the Character Spot and also the, journey, um, the Seas with Nemo and Friends. However, I honestly don't think I'm going to need it with... Nemo. No, most probably not. Mark, what what kind of the three that you would usually go for? I would go with Soren. Uh, reason being, Soren does not have a single rider line. Yeah. Um, like we touched on earlier, you, you, there's a good chance you can still get everybody in the same car, but uh, at worst case, it's still a much shorter wait. Um, I would also go with the character spot and Mission Space Orange. Okay, that's uh, interesting. Because I would say the the character spot will get up to a thirty minute to even an hour long wait, especially yeah. d during prime time, and it seems like Mission Space stays a little busier than the other attractions. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I myself, it, I would go for Soarin because again, as you've already said, Test Track does have a single rider, so you can ride that if necessary. We would usually do two days at Epcot anyway, so we would do Soarin one day and Test Track the other if we if we needed to. But if we've only got one day, Soarin definitely ride Test Track. I would then go Mission Space Orange um, as well, and I would do the character spot just really for Harry because it means we can go and see those without the queue building up. So they would kind of be my three. Interesting, none of us have chosen Illuminations as our choice um, and we're going to talk about that in a second but obviously as we've said with every other show, as soon as you choose one of your original three Fast Passes as being an evening entertainment, then that automatically means you're not going to be able to get another Fast Pass for the rest of the day. Obviously, if you're just going to the park just to see Illuminations, by all means, use it on that particular day because you're not going to be using anything anywhere else. But if not, do not use your Fast Pass for something in the evening if you're going to be there all day because you just cannot use it for anything else until you've used that final third Fast Pass. I do have a comment on Illuminations as a Fast Pass. Yeah, please do. Um, I would say just because there's, I know enough places around the lagoon and because it's such a wide open area mm. i get using a fast pass for phantasmic or for wishes well you know specific seating or yeah. magic kingdom even with the hub expansion it's still crowded in that area i just don't think there's a bad viewing spot for illuminations no even if you're not right up at the rail i mean i've got a few options that i would pick over anything and that's just you know by the time 8, 8.30 rolls around that yeah. night, I am I have no problem getting a drink and hanging out by the rail for yeah. a half hour. Yeah, definitely. Just out of interest, does anybody know where the Fast Pass location is for Illuminations? It's right up front in between those two stores in um, 
it's in, not an international gateway. So it's, in Showcase Plaza. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's open in that particular location. All which, right. Which is a great spot. I say it's a great spot, and it does mean you're closer to the to the entrance for when it's finished. Uh, but other than that, you're dead right. There's so many locations you can watch this uh, show from. So let's talk a little bit about Illuminations then. So it, it finishes off the evening in the parks uh, every night. Um, it is designed to be, I want to say it's about 20, 20 odd minutes, I think, uh, for the whole of Illuminations. 14. 14, there we go, for the whole of yeah. Illuminations. Plus, um, mm -hmm. one of the things I really like is actually the, the music, the pre-show music for Illuminations that you get as you're watching. And it, um, it kind of gives you a flavour of music from all around the world. But Illuminations itself, I think, is a fantastic attraction, a uh, fantastic show. It's on a massive scale. Um, and not only does it incorporate the globe that comes out in the middle of the water as well as the fireworks that are on the water, it also incorporates lasers and also lights on the particular buildings throughout the whole of World Showcase as well. Um, where would you kind they've of... Also added a, they've also... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. Well, they've on. also recently upgraded the lasers in the show. Oh, okay. Uh, I noticed that a couple of weeks ago that they're, they're much more pronounced... Right. And used a lot more frequently in the show than, than the old system was. Right, okay. Um, well, it's it's a mixture of all of these things that makes it a, a great show. Now, where would you kind of rank this in your... kind? Of, if you were to think about evening shows, so your wishes, um, you've got, obviously, Fantasmic, uh, you've got this. Where would you kind of rank this within your your evening entertainment, Alan? Um, oh, that's quite hard. One, really, because... If if you if you had Phantasmic, Phantasmic's obviously got all the characters in it. Yeah. And Wishes is a bit of castle. Well, it's not castle projection really because that's the show before that. Yeah. If I've got to isolate it. Um, my, my I've I've got to say with the Illuminations, because they seem to be using a more traditional firework system, you yeah. do get a lot more smoke appearing. That is true. Or in my experience, you did, mm -hmm. and you can get sort of almost smoked out where you can't see the other side of the lagoon with the amount of fireworks smoke that's going on. Whereas you don't get that with Wishes or um, Phantasmic. So I, w I would be saying Wishes in terms of fireworks. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what about you, Mark? I would go with Illuminations. Um, I was lucky enough to see one of the first shows of it when they debuted Reflections of Earth Yeah. back with the Millennium Celebration. And it's just one of those... It's like you said, the music sticks with you. Um, I've had the CD since since then, and it's just one of those. It never to me, it never gets old. I mean, yeah. I not taking away from any of the other shows, but this is the one that I've, I'll see two or three times. Yeah, a trip. Yeah, it's a great attraction. I think I'll probably put this second. The, you know, Fantasmic is my all-time favorite, but then after that, I'd put Illuminations and then probably Wishes. Uh, but it is a great show, and it, you know, the, as we talked about, the music is amazing, and the, the the kind of the crescendo at the end, the finale of the music is fantastic. It's such a good show, and it's on such a great grand scale as well. Um, let's kind of give some people some ideas of good places that you could watch this from. Alan, do you have like a specific location or locations that you often try and choose to go and watch this? Well, what we tend to find is that when we stop to look at um, illumination, we tend to be always near. Like a, a counter service, right? Um, somewhere where you can quickly grab a glass of wine. Yeah. Because I think they serve you wine in um, in plastic, plastic glasses. glasses. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you can grab a glass of wine and stand by the rail and watch, wait for the show to start, which yeah. certainly makes it even better. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Where's your kind of spot? 
I like the spot between Mexico and Norway. I want to say there's a, it, it's right now where there used to be the pirate ship playground area, yeah. which that's been removed for the frozen construction. Yeah. There is a little food cart right there next to one of the torches okay. on the lagoon. And it's, it usually fills up right around eight o'clock and it's just a great viewpoint. I would also go with over between, um, between Japan and France, there's an area that's pre- or not France, Morocco, yep. an area that's pretty unobstructed. Okay, I'm I'm going sort of further around than you guys. I will quite often go to there's the bridge that connects France to the United Kingdom, and the second half of that bridge has a completely unobstructed view of the lagoon and where the, the globe comes out. It's actually the bridge which um, those people who do the sort of fireworks cruises, it's where the, the boats actually moor up for people to watch the show from. So we'll quite often sit ourselves on that particular bridge just there. Um, not the first half, sort of, as you come to France. It's kind of kind of a small island, and then it comes. The bridge goes across then towards the United Kingdom, and then you can take a left just there to International Gateway. That is we, a great spot. We usually sit just there, right on the bridge, uh, and we can watch the uh, the fireworks from there. And it's completely unobstructed from that particular angle. So that's one of the places we'll often go. And 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 what you'll find as well, mm. quite often, is that. Um, uh, they're they're quite empty and quite free until sort of half an hour or so before the show begins. So uh, yeah. it's well worth uh, having a look at that, definitely. I think the place that we did actually stop was between Japan and the American Adventure, which okay. the, the sort of like seems to be a gap between islands and sort of landmarks. Yeah. Which you get to see it. So that's where we went. And plus, we got um, a nice glass of white wine from the um, American Adventure. You can indeed. Well, that's the whole of Epcot done. Uh, we have come to the end of our park overviews. That's four weeks of goodness knows how many hours for the show. Uh, what is it? What are we on next week, Alan? Is it Disney Rip Ride size next week? I don't know. I'm going to have to work it all out. We are going to have to work it out. But thank you for joining us on our trip around all of the Walt Disney parks. Thank you, Mark, for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it, guys. Uh, where can we find you if, uh, if um, people are looking for you? Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at... It's at Gin Mouse Mark, and then we've also got a Facebook page. Um, it's the Generation Mouse Virtual Hangout. Uh, like I said earlier, we're kind of in a hiatus right now on the yep. podcast, getting it revamped. But uh, I would appreciate you guys checking it out, giving us a follow, and uh, once we get everything updated and ready to go, that's be the first place we post about it. Fabulous. And of course, you can go over to facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit podcast for us. You can also follow us at Disney Brit on Twitter. You can follow, send us any messages, comments, suggestions, questions, anything like that at radio at DisneyBrit.com. We want to say a thank you to our sponsors, which is Orlando Attraction Tickets and also Scoot Orlando for Scooter Vacations. And we will be back next week with another ordinary show. But we thought, as we've been playing you out with a different piece of music from the parks each episode, then we could not end this show without playing a little bit from the end of Illuminations, Reflections on Earth. Um, That's everything, I think, isn't it, Alan? Yep, sounds about good. Right, in that case, we will see you next week. Until then, we'll see you.